Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And if you haven't had the urge to play chess, then you are watching the Queen's Gambit all wrong. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Yeah, this I'm actually a little surprised about. I know the show's pretty popular right now, but it, this show, if anything to me, has made me realize I'm not smart enough to play chess. <laughs> because I'm like, I used to play chess in sixth grade, but I don't remember any of this shit. So obviously I was not advanced. And I'm like, I th- I saw, like, all the wording, they're like, oh, to B5, and all of it, there's like fucking labels for all the squares on the board i had absolutely no idea i obviously i have no idea i didn't make it very far clearly so i I never even learned chess yeah (laughs) not that i couldn't i just never yeah had a reason to yeah so i mean i guess i'm not as much of a nerd as i thought for once now had this been the checkered's board (laughs) the checkered's board (laughs) (laughs) i'll be all over that shit be like yeah "Yeah, i know this game let's get back in this motherfucker (laughs) You want red or black? What's what's your side? Yeah. Yeah, but apparently not everybody is as discouraged as I was listening watching this show. Sales for uh the board game chess are up 125% since the miniseries debuted on October 23rd, according to uh, market research company NPD, for example. And as long as it's not Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we used their stats, it was completely wrong. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this was from a New York Times or an NPR article, so should be okay. Um, and a spokesperson for Goliath Games told NPR that in October sales for the chess set were up 178% for this over the same period last year, which was like already a lot higher. So you could account for the, that could be accounted for by the pandemic, right? But then by the end of the month, they were up over a thousand percent, which is pretty obviously a huge change after the 23rd so it's got to be related right that's crazy i guess some unprecedented gains by the uh the chess people of the world yeah well this show came out what october 23rd i believe right yes it debuted on netflix okay people are calling this the netflix effect to this date we're like what a month and a half out from the show's Mm -hmm. release 62 million households have watched the show apparently Inquiries for chess sets are up 250% on eBay. On kind eBay. of a weird place to so, be doing that. but <laughs> Does that just mean everywhere else was sold out? So people were like, let me try eBay? I'm going to assume the actual purchase rate was a lot lower. Yeah, Because probably. it's eBay. They were probably jacking up prices. Yeah, they're right? probably like... Uh... <laughs> uh, it's $5 per piece. <laughs> yes, we have chess sets, but they're made of crystal. The so kings they're... and the queens will be $100 each. <laughs> and the board is $2,000. <laughs> you won't need any pawns because, well, you already are one. Yeah. <laughs> A Google search came up with uh, how to play chess hitting an all-time high in nine years. Okay. So either there's a lot of people who have never played chess. I wonder what was popular in the in ni- like nine years ago that caused it to be popular as a search uh, that's a good question <laughs> probably another movie that came out that somebody was playing chess in. yeah i'm just trying to think of what what has had chess in it uh 
also a, a good question to ask too is what's the age range of all these google searches like I are would, these kids who have never played chess yeah i'd love to know or in a that. generation that like that's just not a thing anymore yeah probably wait nine years ago when was the first spider-man film released like first mcu spider-man the fuck if i know didn't they have a chess uh team in that movie oh yeah you might be right just an idea yeah and the original novel, The Queen's Gambit, is now a New York Times bestseller after 37 years since its release. Jesus. And according, there's a site called chess.com. Yeah. Don't think I need to explain what that has. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> they have five times the player count than they did before the release of this show. Wow. That's crazy. I guess you could say people have found an Anya Taylor-Joy for playing chess again. Okay. <laughs> I guess you could say that. So, if this is the Netflix effect, how come did we see any crazy uh, increases in searches for things when these other like big shows on Netflix came out? Like, I, I feel like that has to have happened, right? You would think there would be at least some popularity and growth with other. Yeah. But this is stuff. the first time hearing of this, so I feel like... What were some other popular shows on Netflix this year? Uh, well, Tiger King is, like, number one, right? Yeah, that was one of the biggest ones. That's true. So did we see, like, an increase in people buying tigers, or... <laughs> uh, well, it would be very illegal if <laughs> they did. It'd be very hard to track that, because yeah. it would be black market. Google would be like, uh, we cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> that we have that information. Or, like, an increase in animal print shirts. Uh, at the very least, I like to see if there's any kind of increase in the feuds between other pet owners. Yeah, or mullet haircuts. <laughs> Might have made a comeback. Somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Also, somewhere that was already It was already in popular. Like, yeah. It never went away. Fair enough. I know Warrior Nun was pretty big for a minute there. Did they have a bunch more people going and joining nunneries? I'm sure. <laughs> Hoping that you they just would... don't see it because they're assassins and it's all in the, the secret society. So, like, society. A, a bunch of teenagers start going to become nuns and yeah. their, like, parents are all proud and they're like, oh, my daughter's so religious. Turns out she just wants superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> she already had the nunchucks, thought she'd do something with them. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There's probably been a huge rise in lava burns. Yeah. Lava-related injuries Uh huh. since The Floor is Lava released on Netflix. Yeah, that's true. We really have a lot of people jumping, hopping around, in and around volcanoes and lava flow. Yeah. To just pretend they're on the show. Maybe they were just practicing. Maybe they were yeah. already they really want high qualified s- to get on the show, but they were just getting in, in gear to yeah. be on the show. Yeah. Their best or peak. the people after they finished the show, they were like, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> what about... Where's Mount Doom? I got... <laughs> what about Cobra Kai? I mean, you can't really do, I guess, you can't really do karate practice. Since I mean, you can as long as down. you don't illegally cough in another fighter's mouth. <laughs> yeah, coughing's the only illegal move now. <laughs> well, I mean... You can kick him in the face, but yeah. you can't cough in his face. I mean, you can, apparently. Because <laughs> he was not disqualified. That's true. 
Johnny did not get disqualified for yeah. that. So, spoilers for the Karate Kid <laughs> from 1980, whatever the yeah. fuck. I don't know that that counts as a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have an abandoned mall mm-hmm. a few blocks down, right? Yeah. Easily probably going to find underground karate there's like a organization a, a, there a secret karate dojo yeah what did you what did you call it uh a, a kick easy a kick easy <laughs> yeah hey it's bound to happen definitely so uh, i'd like to see all those stats absolutely i know you, it it has they some of them have to have happened you know that chess is not the first one because chess is like the ultimate nerds game too. So like <laughs> Hey, nerds are cool now. Yeah, I know, that's true. The nerdier the better. Yeah. I guess I'm just not nerdy enough. Right. <laughs> Still working on that getting cool thing. Yeah. Thirty five years later. <laughs> as kids we were too nerdy and as adults we're not nerdy enough. <laughs> yeah. It's you can't fucking win in our generation. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, a new week let's get into some of our new releases yeah since we're already talking about netflix i'll start there they have a new movie coming out called ava comes out on the 7th and jessica chastain is in it and it she plays a female assassin so wow they're really getting <laughs> creative with their movie plots now aren't i'm they? sure there's more to the plot but i think that's all that people need to know to i know feel like they want to see it the female assassin is like the new <laughs> inspirational dog story yeah it is um and on the 10th we have alice in borderland which is a series based on a graphic novel manga named imawa no kuni no alice have no idea if i pronounced that right Um, sounds pretty good uh i put this on here because it seemed like something you might care about the general plot me specifically or just people you specifically and people listening it's like a big thing people are really interested in like live action versions of anime mangas right now right so it feels like a thing i mean yeah it seems like popular to an extent yeah yeah i mean not as popular as female assassin stories but Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah uh so this follows an aimless gamer and his two friends as they find themselves in a parallel Tokyo where they're forced to compete in a series of sadistic games to survive. So it's like the Hunger Games, but like meets Mad Tron. Max. Oh, that too. It's like a dystopic, uh, whatever. Okay, like apocalyptic. It seemed like a, yeah. I got the vibes of Mad Max. You think his two friends are going to be a female assassin and an inspirational dog? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way this movie could be good, right? Yeah, At this you're point. right, you're right. It's a series, so it might not follow the traditional tropes that we're looking for these days. And on 1214, Tiny Pretty Things is a Netflix original series. I think we talked about this. It's essentially Pretty Little Liars meets Black Swan. Hmm. Well, I haven't seen either, so. You haven't? Huh. I know of the one show. I assumed you had seen Black Swan. And of the other movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's as far as I, I haven't go. seen Pretty Little Liars. I don't know anything about that, but I've seen Black Swan. It's like so. Black Swan, like she's like a like a serial killer or something. She's like a nope. a ballerina killer. She's not a killer. She's uh, just a ballerina. Well, what's the, with the whole Black Swan weird shit then? It's about like mental illness, I think. Okay. Yeah. Still not really sure, but is it like the ugliest duckling type story then? 
No, it's Is just... that a story or do I make that up? The ugliest duckling? It's like the black duck versus all the other ones, right? Isn't that like a thing? The ugly duckling? Yeah. It's not the ugliest. It's just the ugly. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I personally thought they were all pretty ugly, okay? okay? <laughs> um, I feel like the black swan is a story about the ballerina as she struggles with her um, mental mm. health. Sounds like they kind of just ripped off the uh, children's book if okay. you think about it. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Hulu has on the 7th, Valley Girl, which is a new wave 80s soundtrack musical adaptation of the 1983 film. So in case anybody was super a huge fan of that, mm-hmm. might care yeah, about I've, I, Some critics were saying some st- positive stuff about it on Twitter, I think. They were? Yeah, one was quoted to say, it's like totally good. All right. You're the worst. Actually, no. I know someone who's worse than you. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm winning. You know, unless being the worst is you know who's worse than you. Whoever discovered decided to name this next show. I'm gonna mention here. Okay. On the eighth, um, there's a new series premiering on NBC and also on Hulu. If you have that. Which is basically like Grey's Anatomy and ER, but with nurses in it. And the name is Nurses. I, what? They just really just were like, I don't know what to call it. What are they called again? Nurses? Oh yeah, that's the title. It just seems lazy. Whatever. I would have called it Fighters of the Rona. Yeah. I mean, literally, there could have been so many better titles. (laughs) Whatever. Um, also, I'm pretty fucking tired of shows that focus only on one job in the hospital. It's because the nurse is like the glamorous like position, right? It's the one that looks like it's the easiest one it's... to like make you feel sympathetic for the the person, right? Yeah, but like it's super weird to me that they have shows like Grey's Anatomy where it's about the doctors only, mm-hmm. and then occasionally nurses are there, and then you'll have this show Nurses, which is just about the nurses. Like, why don't they do? I just wonder why they somebody in Hollywood doesn't make it about the whole, like, trauma team or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, they, they, it could be more than just one job description. That's all. Just saying. You want a show about lab Regardless people, of however they design the show, the lab won't be in it. You want so lab it won't people matter. on a show, don't you? No, because they would do it wrong. But Yeah. To I test just, the urines, they'd just, like, put them in their mouth. They'd sip on them, swish them around a little bit. That's disgusting. Spit it out. You're like, oh yeah, this one's got chlamydia. Ew. (laughs) That is so gross. Well, I mean, that would be doing it wrong. Yeah, it would. So, excuse me for being accurate to the misportrayal of lab work. Yeah. On the 10th, coming up, uh, NBC is also going to be having uh, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch Musical. And is this new? It's a new version of it. It's, it's like the same thing, but okay. it's a new portrayal because I saw that Matthew Morrison's going to be playing the Grinch and he was the teacher, Mr. Shu on Glee and among other things. Okay. I don't know what any of that means. Well, people listening might. So okay. it wasn't. I for connected you. the whole <laughs> the musical together. Yeah. So um, it, I know that his voice is really great from watching Glee. So I'm interested because of that. And also it's always fun. To watch The Grinch. So, there's that. The Grinch! <laughs> yeah. That's how you say it. Oh, okay. Idiot. My bad. 
And on December 11th, we have Rent-A-Pal. <laughs> uh, this is a new movie that's coming to Hulu. And it's a horror movie, I think. Possibly a horror comedy. Unclear. Uh, about a guy who tries to use online dating, but then ends up doing this, like, gets a VHS tape or something where there's a, a guy that's talking to him, like a friend. Rent-A-Pal. And so... Obviously, something horrible happens after that, but... Yeah. Anyway. A little girl with hair in her face slowly comes from the background It and seemed like it could go in the direction of the ring, but in a slightly more hilarious way. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but um, it seemed like something we might be wanting to check out. On December 7th, Amazon Prime is also getting Valley Girl that we talked about a minute ago. And December 11th, Amazon Prime will be getting I'm Your Woman, which is an Amazon original movie... And that features Rachel Brosnahan, who plays Mrs. Maisel. Um, And it's like a crime drama where the woman goes on the run after her husband betrays his partners or some kind of whatever. Um, Seemed like it could be good. Mm -hmm. I like her. And also... Sounds like it'd be really popular with the feminists. Yeah. (laughs) And The Wilds, an Amazon original series. uh, The first season of the series comes out that day. Um, basically teens are stranded on an island. I don't know. It's probably going to be, it sounds CW-y to me, personally. It's like, what's... Survivor? No, 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 no. The old novel thingy. Oh. Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Thank you. I was like, Children of the Flies. (laughs) Children of the Flies. (laughs) Flying kids. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, unclear. So, I guess... We'll find out. It's probably that. It could be, yeah. (laughs) And Apple TV Plus is actually uh, giving us something this month. Charlie Brown Christmas Special is coming up. Uh, It is available as of December 4th, and it's free to anyone who has the app, December 11th to the 13th. It's also going to air on PBS and PBS Kids on December 13th at 7.30, 6.30 Central Time. Yeah. So I put this in because apparently it was controversial for a moment. What? How? Uh, because Apple apparently got the rights to Charlie Brown. Like, they own these films now. Okay. You know, like the whole, all the holiday stuff. Well, just Charlie Brown in general. Charlie Brown, Snoopy. yeah. Got okay? it. Okay? Uh, and so people were freaking out, like, but that's like a traditional thing that people always watch, and now they can't see it because Apple owns it. Oh. So apparently Apple was like, listen, bitches, we're going to let everybody watch it, but it's on our terms. Of course. So okay. that's what this is. Gotcha. So you can watch it on their service at any point, for now at least. Or you can have the two days, December 11th through 13th, that anybody, even without a subscription, can watch it on the app. Gotcha. Which, is you you know, is their way of getting you onto the app. Yeah, so you can see all the other stuff they have. To want to pay for the service after. Yeah, very true. Uh, and then, of course, PBS is getting it because... Because, of course, it is. Yes. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad they're still giving it to PBS. Yeah. Um, the same kind of thing happened, too, with, like, Sesame Street and HBO, if you remember. They yeah. bought Sesame Street, and it still is on PBS, but they don't get, like, new episodes till later. Gotcha. All right. To wrap this up, Disney Plus on December 11th has a bunch of holiday stuff, so you can go check that out. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, good. <laughs> So glad they're doing that. That's fine. I'm sure it's playing at AMC. (laughs) I can go there. Uh, 
theaters not even open nope, in California, still, still but somehow they're still playing that one movie, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 7. So, excited for that. Yeah, we're getting to the end. It's the second to last episode. Mm-hmm. It's getting good. It is. I'm not going to say anything. I'm yeah. sure you've all heard what's going on if you yep. haven't watched it. Because the internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mainly because Ralph broke it. Yeah. What a dick. And he but, continues uh, to break we it. We will for sure be having a spoiler cast on that season. Absolutely. We so. should. Yes. Well, it's not we should. We will. No, I was going to say we should start asking around for who wants to be on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer waiting to the last minute. Yeah. And having people say, yeah. And then not and being then able, not to, be able to make it. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's your preferred method, but we're going to try something different this time. Um, also, this one's random. Not sure how it's going to turn out, but HBO Max on December 8th is uh, having One Night in Bangkok. It's a new movie, which the plot pretty much sounds like Stuber, yeah. but with a hitman and a female driver. Yeah, I'm really glad that HBO is getting into the adult late night <laughs> broadcast. I know it sounds like a porno, but I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure it's just a foreign film. I'm not even, it seems like it could be a foreign film. I didn't recognize any of the actors by name. The lead guy, I believe, I if I'm correct, he's the guy from John Wick 3. Mm-hmm. He was like the sushi chef okay. assassin guy. He looked familiar, but I didn't recognize any of the names and I didn't dig too deep into it. But the plot sounded like it could be entertaining. So, we'll see. I mean, the, the theme sounds good. Yeah. As long as that female driver is also some kind of hitman assassin. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe has an inspirational dog sidekick. Probably, yeah. All right, got a couple of delays coming your way. Sony Pictures announced a new new release date for three upcoming films. The Father was originally scheduled for the 18th of December, and they pushed it to February 26th of 2021. This one, I think we briefly talked about, is Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. Anthony Hopkins has his character has a dementia, and his daughter moves in to take care of him. So. I think that would have been way better if Anthony Hopkins has to take care of his daughter. Yeah. With dementia. Yeah. Anyway. But that's just me. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, they have some time. Maybe you want to write them a letter so they can fix it before they release it. That's true. They delayed it. So yeah. they could probably make those changes. They might changes. be rewriting it entirely. Um, the Truffle Hunters was originally scheduled for Christmas Day and is pushed now to March 12th of 2021. And I Carry You With Me is scheduled was scheduled for January 8th of 2021, and it's pushed to sometime in the spring. Okay. Yeah. So Sony's like, yeah, we're not confident in theaters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, DuckTales, the animated series that's currently running, uh, is actually going to be ending. Already? Yeah, with the last oh, season coming bummer. in 2021. Uh, the series has three seasons of 75 episodes and 15 plus shorts. So does that mean 16? Like, that, that's what it said in the article I read was 15 plus shorts. Okay. So 16. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I feel like just say the number that it is. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Uh, the final episode will air sometime in 2021, but the show is also available on Disney Channel and Disney Plus for those who either want to jump in now or... Need to catch up. So. Alright. Stop being mustard. Yeah. Leading into our DTF quickies. Similar to DuckTales, Vikings is dropping its last season on Amazon Prime before the History Channel. Yeah, it's 
That's pretty similar to DuckTales. <laughs> well, it's a show getting its last season. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's Stay, fair. <laughs> keep up, all right? Okay. Keep up with us. Got it, got it. Me and the listeners are like, gosh, he's so slow. Yeah. We have to keep taking breaks so that you can catch up. <laughs> Sorry. Again, stop being mustard. Okay. Uh, the final 10 episodes will drop on Amazon Prime on December 30th. Uh, and apparently this is different than how History Channel did it, because they just did week-to-week episodes, which, I mean, it's Amazon, so. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. And, of course, the History Channel will get the show sometime in 2021. Hmm. I would assume it's going to just be, like, first week, second week of January, right? It's Yeah. If it's all dropping on Amazon Prime at once, they don't need to wait too long before. Do you know anything about this, why this is a thing? Like, what changed to make the show on Amazon Prime first? Uh, I think it's just concerns that people aren't able to watch it or trying to get a new user base to watch it. I don't know anything about it. Oh, I thought you watched the show. I do, but I don't... maybe you'd have the inside scoop. I don't have an inside scoop about why they changed how it's being released. I just know that it's a thing. All right. (laughs) Uh, The showrunner, Michael Hurst, is also working on a spinoff... For Netflix called Vikings Valhalla. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, everything's Vikings right now, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And he is also working on a series about the bubonic plague in 17th century London for the History Channel. Oof. That's gonna, they're gonna need some good makeup artists. <laughs> I guess. It's gonna look nasty. Just fine, ugly people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just like automatically have boils on their neck. Well, I would definitely watch that. Yeah. (laughs) I have something else that you might want to watch. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Black Mirror creator Charlie Brooker is working on a mockumentary about 2020 for Netflix. Interesting. Yeah. It's going to be called Death to 2020. Okay. (laughs) Seems Uh, fair. Look at this cast, though. These are people who are at the very least going to show up at some point. Samuel L. Jackson... You know, he's going to have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Okay. Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. Joe Keery. Lisa Kudrow. Camille Nangiani. Tracy Ullman. Kristen Milioti. And Diane Morgan. And they're all planning to appear in this mockumentary for Netflix. That's crazy. This needs to come out in 2021, right? Yeah. We cannot risk... <laughs> This backfiring. We can't jinx it. Yeah. We need this to come out after the year is over. Yeah. It can be January 1st if they really must. I feel like that still counts as part of the last year because of like New Year's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So really in my mind, the second is the official start of the next year. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Good to know. That's just science. Okay. Got it. Peter Dinklage is going to become an Avenger. Oh, yeah? But you didn't see that coming. I sure didn't. You also probably didn't see that it's not the Marvel's Avenger. It's, in fact, the Toxic Avenger. Oh, okay. The the old cult classic character from the 80s. Gotcha. Did you ever see those movies? Nope. I only saw the first one. I heard of them, but I never saw them. It was not good. (laughs) I know it's like, again, cult classic, but I was not into it. Uh, He is set to star in the Legendary's new Toxic Avenger movie. I kind of wish it was like... 
an actual Avenger from the MCU, but, like, he just is deemed, like, an, a toxic person, you know? Yeah, he's just, like, toxic waste man. <laughs> no, like, he's just, you know, like, people oh, call someone a toxic he's person. just, like, shitty. Yeah, like, he's just someone you don't like and just, just kind of sucks <laughs> the energy out of everybody. Like an energy vampire. Yeah, yeah. okay, let's have him become an <laughs> Avenger then. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Blair is directing with Trauma Entertainment's Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hertz producing. Hmm. So Trauma Entertainment, I believe, are the ones who own the property. Okay. In the synopsis, for anybody who is not aware of this character, when a struggling everyday man is pushed into a vat of, of toxic waste, he is transformed into a mutant freak who must go from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his son his friends, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed. Okay. He does sound pretty toxic. Yeah. <laughs> well, Peter Dinklage is great, so whatever he's cast in, I'm sure will be good. What if he's the lead in Nurses? <laughs> pretty sure he's not. <laughs> but what if he is? I'm pretty sure he's not. All right. If you want to make that gamble... Well, on the topic of Toxic Avengers, Hawkeye series has added some cast members. Oh, yeah? I'm just kidding. That's just my... (laughs) uh, Avenger, Avenger! Yeah. There's our transition. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Disney Plus' Hawkeye series has added Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova from the Black Widow film. Okay. That, I'm a little bummed, was announced. You were hoping it would be a surprise? Well, because I feel like it implies, like, to an extent, it's a spoiler. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not that you probably didn't expect her to survive. Yeah, but, but it's like a mild it spoiler. It implies that she is going to come out of that movie. Yes. So, alive. Yeah. Alive. <laughs> it's just her body. They weakened up Bernie's, just, the, the, the Hawkeye series with her. Or it's just a funeral. She's just dangling on people's yeah. shoulders. Yeah. With sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie is a taskmaster looking for her and Hawkeye and Kate Bishop are just like, oh, she's not here. This is just Bernie, our <laughs> our buddy. Our buddy Bernie. Hanging out for the weekend. Yeah. He needs those sunglasses. Don't take them off. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so she's in there and they, they have a bunch of other cast members that have joined as well. Uh, Vera Farmiga as Kate Bishop's mother. Uh, she's from The Conjuring and The Departed. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she also in Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Yes, as she the was. the mother? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought that was her. Yeah, she's great. I thought it was weird they didn't put that movie over The Departed, which is really fucking old. She was like... I don't remember her in that movie. Oh, she's the main... But I didn't love that movie like you oh, did, so... Yeah. She's like probably the only female in the movie, so... Okay. Well, <laughs> to be honest... Didn't even know there was a female in the movie. <laughs> uh, Frey Fee is playing Fifo Fum. <laughs> also known as Kazzy the Clown. Okay. From Les Miserables. Les Miserables. I like to call it what I like to call it, alright? <laughs> Tony Dalton was cast as Jack DeQuinn's or Swordsman, a mentor figure to Hawkeye. Okay, so we're going that route now. Now everybody has a fucking mentor. Swordsman is a mentor figure to a guy who shoots a bow and arrow. 
<laughs> okay. So he didn't teach him how to use his weapon then. <laughs> he taught him how to not use yeah. a sword. <laughs> Turns out Hawkeye was there to learn how to use a sword, but he was just so fucking bad. Like, the guy was like, you know what? You know what? Just try a bow. Yeah. Try Put a fucking bow. these tiny swords on the end of sticks and then use that to shoot them at people. Alecu Cox uh, is going to be playing Maya Lopez slash Echo, a Native American with a, the ability to mimic her opponents. So, Taskmaster? Yeah, it sounds, sounds like, like that. it's Taskmaster's daughter. Okay. That's my. That was not a real thing. I oh, just okay. Made that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I so. mean, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but according to this, Zon McLarnon has also been cast as William Lopez, who is presumably my Lopez's father. Okay. He's known as Crazy Horse. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, rumors are he's going to show up in the series on a crazy trade. <laughs> I don't think that was a rumor. Um, so this is a fun fact. Uh, Echo is usually depicted as a supporting character of Daredevil. 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 All right. What? <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting uh, thing to note after what we talked about last week. Okay. So you think they're going to implement Daredevil somehow? I mean, I'm just saying it could it could happen. Yeah. I mean, it could. It's possible. Just like Peter Dinklage could be in Nurses. We don't know. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> In the DC realm, looks like they are starting to develop a new CW series based off the character Naomi. Naomi who? (laughs) That's all they say. Okay. Apparently, Naomi follows a teen girl's journey from her small western town to the heights of the multiverse. And the Arrow writer, co-executive producer, Jill Blankenship is going to help write and executive produce this project, along with Ava DuVernay, who is actually the director for the New Gods film for the DCEU. Okay. So she's going to be implementing another character in the CW. Cool. So I'm curious if that's going to tie in somehow, if they're even doing that, or if they're just still keeping this stuff separate. Uh, based on the comics, I just did a quick search because I had no idea who this person was. Yeah, she related to Daryl Daredevil. <laughs> no, Naomi, whose full name is Naomi McDuffie. Okay. Is the black adopted daughter of two white Midwestern parents. Okay. That's the the headline of who the character is. So she has energy based superpowers. It's very very vague. Very broad. Very very broad <laughs> description. Yes. Uh, she's from Prime Earth. Okay. Which would make sense because after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and she's part of Young Justice. Well, it says that she has a, something to do with the multiverse. So I'm mm-hmm. going to assume it's going to tie into connecting the DCEU or some shit, if that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, speaking about Peter Dinklage on the show Nurses, uh, Game of Thrones spinoff got some concept art. Production is going to begin in a few months, and they are targeting a 2022 release date. I mean, let's see if that holds up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're probably going to be filming in New Zealand, I would imagine, right? With that kind of a show? Yeah, absolutely. So they would probably have a better chance of getting it on time. Yeah. Um. Did you look at the concept art? 
I did. It's just a couple pictures just of just a couple some of dragons. dragons. Like I feel like this could have existed for years and yeah. nobody would have cared. I kind of wish that that was the name of the show. A couple of dragons. Just a couple of dragons. <laughs> it's like a spin-off sitcom. <laughs> Two dragons that don't get a, get along. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um somebody should make a spin-off show of this spin-off show that's like an animated series about a, just a couple of dragons. <laughs> Like that seems like a, a job for Seth MacFarlane or Dan Harmon or somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the series is going to explore the. The series is going to explore the Targaryen family about three hundred years before Daenerys and the rest of the events of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, aka, we don't have to worry about continuation. Yes. And all that stuff. Yeah. Because it's so far away. Yeah. That we yeah. can do whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. As long as they're gone by the end. Yep. <laughs> but we do have quite a while to wait for that show. So, unfortunately, you'll have to sit back for a couple of dragons. Yeah. Until 2022. Uh, in the meantime, Blood of Zeus is renewed by Netflix for two more seasons. Nice. It's the same production studio behind Castlevania, Powerhouse Animation Studio. Uh, they, they did not give an official release date but presumably it's going to be sometime in 2021 to 2022 unfortunately hopefully hopefully it's next year yeah yeah it's animated right i imagine mm-hmm. started this up right when they were done with the first season Probably, so yeah i would hope that season two would at least be out by key one right mm-hmm. for netflix usually their animated stuff is out quicker than the other stuff yeah like transformers came out few months ago right it was august or mm-hmm. something like that it yeah. came out for that first series and now they already have the second part to that coming out end of this month mm-hmm. so that's exciting yeah okay oscar isaac is going to star as solid snake in a metal gear solid movie adaptation yeah how do you feel about that uh i mean he's a great actor yeah i feel like getting him is says a lot about where they want to go with this film as far as quality yeah um but i don't quite know if i could see him being the character yeah so i think it'll be an interesting role to see how he can take on different characters like i feel like he's i haven't seen him in a lot of things but i feel like he is kind of the same character Hmm. in most of the stuff right he's kind of that smart ass yeah wild card character yeah i see what you mean aside from x-men apocalypse (laughs) right right um well knowing nothing about what the character solid snake is supposed to be like just on appearances i feel like it's an okay match but i was expecting something more like mads mickelson to be honest well even the guy who plays the voice Mm -hmm. of solid snake in most of the games i think there's been issues where he didn't play in some of the games over union stuff but Mm -hmm. um he looks the part too. Like he could mm. be the character, but that that was obviously a fan casting for the longest time. Right. But interesting fact here: in an interview with IGN for the movie Triple Frontier, Oscar Isaac actually mentioned that he had interest in playing the character of Solid Snake. Uh, I think they were asking what kind of characters they would like to play mm-hmm. in like the gaming and whatever stuff, and. He said, I'm throwing my hat in for that one for to play Salt Snake. Okay. So that tells me he was probably 
putting effort into trying to get this role. Yes. Right? Yeah. This is a movie that was trying to be made for a long time now. Which kind of makes me wonder if he played the game. Because otherwise, why would he? I'm sure he did. Yeah. I mean, he sounded like he knew what the game was. Right. That's he what referenced I'm it specifically yeah. in the character. So, and we're kind of seeing that kind of stuff now, right? We're we're starting to see actors who are also gamers, right? Mm-hmm. Brie Larson has been very vocal about wanting to play Samus from mm-hmm. the Metroid series in yep. a movie. Yeah. And Henry Cavill was a big Witcher fan. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who's not familiar with Metal Gear Solid, it is a 98 PlayStation game. Uh, it's one of the first 3D entries for the system that has a stealth action game style. Uh, it was created by Hideo Kojima, who uh, is known for Death Stranding, for those who are, are familiar with that game. And it's set on a remote nuclear weapons facility where Snake must infiltrate to disarm a powerful weapon known as the Metal Gear. This was kind of like a reboot series to like an older NES game called mm-hmm. Metal Gear. Okay. And obviously it's just continued as Metal Gear Solid. There's been plenty of spinoffs and all that. But yeah, I I love this series. So Cool. It'll be really interesting too because if they make this into a franchise, then he could play multiple characters based off how the series is. Gotcha. Okay. It's very complex in the political spectrum, government espionage, mm-hmm. uh, just covering a lot of heavy topics within like commercialism and stuff like that. It's very interesting. Okay. Assuming they go that route. I imagine they'll make it more simple and just kind of like, oh, look at this action hero. But right. Yeah. They could do a lot of really heavy themes if they wanted to. Okay. Be interesting to see what happens. Well, it's- Speaking of uh, espionage type situations, there's a heist movie coming out that is going to be uh, set during the pandemic, and it's going to come to HBO Max next year. It's going to be called Lockdown, and uh, Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor are going to star in this. They're going to be like a couple. I guess it's a romantic comedy somehow also. Um, They're going to be kind of like a sparring couple that are call a truce to try to do a high stakes, high risk jewelry heist at the world's most exclusive department store, Harrods, during the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. Um, There's going to be quite a few big stars in this, including Ben Stiller, Stephen Marchant, uh, Lucy Boynton, Ben Kingsley, Mindy Kaling, and Dula Hill. And like I said, it's going to premiere next year sometime. So it sounds kind of like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith deal. that'd be my basically in a pandemic i was thinking i guess that's not really at all what i was thinking but when i first read this i was thinking hurricane heist (laughs) but like i guess it's not really quite the same thing especially when they're calling it a romantic comedy yeah so yeah but that's interesting this so this will be the second film that Anne hathaway will have done with hbo max right Uh uh-huh so i'm curious if she's got a little bit of a partnership with them yeah it's possible be careful with your hands this time. <laughs> Along the same lines, we've got another uh, spy action movie kind of thing coming up. Gal Gadot's going to star in a film called Heart of Stone. This is via Deadline. Greg Rucka, who wrote the Old Guard comic and movie, uh, wrote the script with Alison Schroeder. And it's basically going to give a female spin on Mission Impossible and 007. Um, so, like, That's <laughs> fucking innovative i we haven't seen many so movies female where they assassin. took a female <laughs> and made her some kind of spy assassin yeah uh no decision on theater or streaming release yet but um it's something that's gonna happen at some point somewhere 
because it's big right now. Yeah, and I just hope she teams up with a inspirational dog. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, while we're all waiting for Heart of Stone, <laughs> the completely original movie, Wonder Woman 84 will be hitting HBO Max on December 25th. Woo! And that was big news a couple weeks ago. But now, it turns out, Patty Jenkins, the director, has confirmed that the movie will be in 4K and have HDR10, Dolby Vision, and Dolby Atmos available. Yeah, that's crazy. So this is going to be the first title on HBO Max to support 4K resolution, right? Yeah. And what this also means is Netflix, get your fucking shit together. (laughs) Yeah. We shouldn't be paying extra for something that everybody else is just including. Yeah. Didn't we, who did we see recently? Even Hulu just has 4K automatically. Yeah, we just, because we, we were watching a, a movie right. that we'll talk about later. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's in 4K. Yeah. I didn't even realize Hulu did that. Yeah, way to go, Netflix. But Disney does it with their service. Mm-hmm. Amazon Netflix. Prime. Amazon Prime does yeah. it. Apparently HBO Max is starting to do it. Yeah, very cool. Hopefully Seems Netflix will fucking like pay maybe attention. maybe Netflix needs to get their priorities straight. Yeah. Cowards. Yep. And they're raising their price, so it's just like... I know, yeah. After that price raise, they definitely are going to have to start, like, offering something else. Yeah. If they want to keep people. There's too many other options out like, there. Like, at least give me 4K.1, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. And for those who are concerned about whether Wonder Woman 84 is going to be good, critics have been posting about it on social media after seeing it recently. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be getting a lot of favorable uh, responses. That's good. It seems to be positive. Some people are saying that it's the kind of movie we need right now. So Good. Can't wait. Yeah. So if you are already excited for Wonder Woman 1984, I have some even better news for you. Unless you're AMC. <laughs> if you're AMC, um, you might want to sit down. We have some even better news for you if you have HBO Max. Yes. <laughs> Uh, WB has announced that they are putting their entire 2021 movie slate on HBO Max day and date with theaters. That's crazy. This includes 17 films that were going to be released, either because of delays from this year or just already planned for 2021. Mm-hmm. All of which will be coming to the service at no extra charge. You will not be paying any extra like you did for Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Okay. They will all have 4K and HDR, much like Wonder Woman has established it's going to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to list everything because there's a lot. But here are some of the big titles coming out, okay? Godzilla vs. Kong, May 21st. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, June 4th. Space Jam, A New Legacy, July 16th. The Suicide Squad, August 6th. Dang. That's probably one of my favorite ones on this list. Dune, October 1st. This is after that was delayed. The only problem I have with that is, if they're going to put it on HBO Max, then why can't we have it now? That's a very good point. (laughs) Because it was supposed to be coming out. (laughs) Yeah, it was coming out soon, right? Yeah. Uh, But this is just because this will better their spacing out budget. Yeah, because they're still doing a theatrical release. I get it, but it just bothers me a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Also, Matrix 4. I'm sure somebody's looking forward to that. Yeah. Not necessarily at the top of my list, but I know... Some people. People are into the Matrix still. Mm-hmm. December 22nd for that. Uh, and then, of course, Mortal Kombat we've heard about a little bit in the news. Uh, they do not have a date set for that, but it's presumably still within the year. Okay. 
Uh, and then they had a bunch of others. So you can look at the list online, but that's not even half of them right there. That's insane. I feel like this is um, WB and HBO Max collectively uh, slamming their dick on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, regarding this action, uh, Warner Media Studios chair and CEO Ann Sarnoff said in a statement, We're living in unprecedented times which call for creative solutions, including this new initiative for Warner Brothers Pictures Group. No one wants films back on the big screen more than we do. We know new content is the lifeblood of theatrical exhibition, but we have to balance this with the reality that most theaters in the U.S. will likely operate at reduced capacity throughout 2021. With this unique one-year plan, we can support our partners in exhibition with a steady pipeline of world-class films while also giving moviegoers who may not have access to theaters or aren't quite ready to go back to the movies the chance to see our amazing 2021 films. We see it as a win-win for film lovers and exhibitors, and we're extremely grateful to our filmmaking partners for working with us on this innovative response to these circumstances. I mean, obviously they had to do something, right? Yeah. I... Theaters are essentially going to be closed, as far as we can tell. It's not looking better. Anything no. is getting worse. Yeah. With another wave of the pandemic, right? I'm really glad that somebody in a big, big office chair is finally thinking, oh, we need to get a compromise here. Like, we can't just keep delaying shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially, you, you still need to make money. Yeah. They needed to find more a more interim solution than... Okay, well, some of the stuff will just release it, and then the other stuff will keep delaying it until we're able to get more money. Like, they already delayed a bunch of the big stuff, but it's clear that they're paying attention and realizing that this isn't going to go away in the next couple months. I mean, I don't know how the stats will work out, but, like, looking at this list, you obviously aren't going to care about every fucking movie on this list, right? Yeah, exactly. I think the idea is, if you care about, like, at least a quarter of these movies, Mm -hmm. you're likely to just keep the service... To keep getting them, right? Yeah. At the very least, let's say you only want to watch four of these movies. That's four months that they have you paying to watch this movie now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they are, as far as Wonder Woman goes, I think they decided that they are not going to have trials available during the time, obviously, so you don't get the movie for free. Right. Uh, You know, Disney Plus did that with some of their stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, um... I would assume that would take effect a lot as well with this, mm-hmm. at least for some of the movies, the, like the bigger ones. So, obviously, this is good news for people who want to see all these movies, right? Yes. It's a lot cheaper, a lot more affordable. And makes it possible in some cases. Yeah, because some people <laughs> may not have access to a theater. Yeah. Obviously, there's downsides to this. Mm-hmm. You, you, this, um, this is going to impact a lot of jobs. Yeah. A lot of the industry. So, it... Could be the death of theaters to an extent. We really don't know. Yeah. But it was already struggling before a pandemic, and this is clearly not going to help. Yeah. It could be a new beginning to how Hollywood releases things. Yeah. But while it may be, it's kind of destroying jobs that are in the in-person theater business, there may, may be creating jobs in the background as far as uh, production and for streaming companies go, potentially. Yeah. Like. Or just. HBO Max customer support. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's probably creating some kind of jobs because you're going to have Hello, yeah. My HBO Max will not work. (laughs) Have you logged in, sir? (laughs) Have you paid your bill? (laughs) Did you try turning it off and back on? (laughs) Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? (laughs) 
But okay, so before we get into the more like heavy discussion of this, mm-hmm. where do you think this this takes the streaming wars? That well, I mean, it essentially this has begun the streaming wars, right? Mm-hmm. I, if it hasn't happened yet, it is happening now, mm-hmm. right? Again, Disney Plus released Mulan, yeah, for thirty dollars on the Disney Plus service. Okay, mm-hmm. so you had to pay extra for that movie. As far as we know. Currently, Black Widow is still set for a theater release. Yeah. And is not coming to the service. But there have been rumors of it. Yes. Lots. Wonder Woman alone made me question whether we could see Black Widow. Yeah. What does this mean? Like, this is an entire year of movies that essentially are there to draw in a consumer to HBO Max. And if you, you know, can only afford one or two... Is this going to be the deciding factor between going to HBO Max and going to Disney Plus? They're different age ranges overall, but I mean, what do you think? Does does this mean Disney is going to have to start putting movies out that they wouldn't have done, or at least put them out just on the service for free? Well, with a subscription. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of it's making the statement that other streaming services that are attached to movie studios should also probably counter it in some way. Um, that's not to say that that everybody has to provide the same exact deal because honestly, I think that HBO Max or Warner Media is convinced that their bigger money or their their higher attendance rate movie like the movies that are gonna get the most interest. Mm-hmm are the ones that people are going to want to see on the big screen. So yes, they're dropping it on HBO Max so that everybody can see it, and it's kind of a PR move. Like, more people are going to see the movies, and they're going to be happy with Warner Media and HBO because they were able to see it. But I still think there's going to be a large portion of people who absolutely positively have to see Dune in theaters because it's one of those kind of movies. I don't Same know thing if with I would Godzilla say Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know if I would say a large portion. Oh. I think there will be a portion, but I don't think I mean again, theaters have already been on the downward slope of audience. Yeah. Right? So, I feel like people don't care that much about the theater experience like they used to. Mm. Like it's it seems like people would rather have the convenience of their own home at this point. On the other hand, versus Having that big screen and surround sound, which... Yeah, that's true. I'm also thinking just now it, it dawned on me that even when theaters are opened back up and they're at reduced capacity, that might make more people want to go to the movies because they know it's not going to be fucking packed. Because part yeah, of the... assuming sh- they're okay with... Part of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming, assuming they, they're they not in a risk group or enough. whatever, right? But part of the reason... Part of the shitty... The sh- one of the shittier parts of going to movies is worrying that you're going to get st- stuck sitting next to somebody who is, like, in your space and who's going like, to mm-hmm. use your crep holder and, like, you're just going to be-, be around people. Like, that's yeah. one of the bad things about going to a movie. Mm-hmm. So knowing that it, you literally won't be able to sit next to other people <laughs> might be an actual draw to get people to go. I mean, this announcement is is great for introverts right yes absolutely like it's really fantastic news for me i acknowledge that there are some movies that absolutely would be better with a big giant screen and surround sound and all of that of course but and i mean let's be honest too uh there will be people who want to see these movies in theaters whether mm-hmm. they have them at home or not because yes. they do want to support 
Yes. And keep them profitable so that yes. they continue, right? Yeah. So. I I mean, I would probably, depending on some of these movies, if I really, really liked them, I would probably still go see them in theater even after. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, to, to see what the difference in exactly. experience would be. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy the theater experience, but certain movies I'm like, I don't need that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to enjoy Wonder Woman or, or Black Widow or something like that any less because mm-hmm. it's not in this big theatrical experience. Right. But something like Godzilla versus Kong would be a little bit more badass on the big screen. Yeah, you would feel the, the presence of yeah. their size, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, I think that this is... I think other studios are going to have to kind of figure out what they're going to offer to to counter this. Because... As we are in a society that is very entitled in general, people are going to be expecting uh, other people to... Well, they made it very clear that this is just kind of, as far as right now... Yeah. Intended for the year. Yes. Not the future. Yes. I mean, it may have to change to that depending on how people respond. But it's an interim plan, yes. But it does sound like their intent is this is just like, okay... We're doing this because we don't really have any options mm-hmm. with theaters being limited. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be slightly different and obviously more beneficial to people, but this is not intended to be the norm. Right. As far as other studios, like, they might take the opposite approach even, mm-hmm. you know, and go, you know what? We want to look like we support the industry. Mm-hmm. We want to look like we care about preserving the Hollywood f- the theater experience. The, the, the experience of yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah. So maybe some studios might be like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stick to the theater traditional format and and we're gonna try really hard to not go the, the direction of streaming. Yeah. Because they don't one, it would make them look good on a PR aspect in that sense. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you're looking for the approval from. Yes. Uh and Two, they won't they won't get any shit stirs from some of the theater chains, right? Yeah, yeah. Which could be more damaging to them depending on their situation. Yeah, yeah. AMC actually already voiced their response to this, saying that. <laughs> I mean, this is really weird. Yeah, I know. For AMC to have something to say <laughs> about something that they want. Yeah, yeah. To profit on the CEO Adam Aaron. Uh, <laughs> Said clearly, Warner Media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of the profitability of its movie studio division and that of its production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its HBO Max startup. He's so shots fired, right? He's basically saying they want to be selfish, so they're going to ruin people's lives, is what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And so he says basically that AMC is going to do all in their power to ensure. Warner does not do so at their expense, and they're going to aggressively pursue economic terms that preserve their business. Um, so, does that mean like legal action? Does that mean we're just going to bitch and moan and, and cry about it until you make a deal with us like Universal did? Which apparently I, worked. Yeah, I assume so. <laughs> I don't know. It's. I mean, I guess we have to assume that they're going to say we're boycotting your films until you meet our demands, like they did with Universal, right? Presumably. Uh Uh-huh. It worked that time, so why wouldn't they do it again, you know? Okay, so he says, uh, goes on to say, these coronavirus-impacted times are uncharted waters for all of us, which is why AMC signed on to an HBO Max exception to customary practices for one film only, Wonder Woman 1984, being released by Warner Brothers at Christmas, when the pandemic appears that it will be at its height. 
Let's talk about that. Okay. okay. So does that mean that they had to get approval from theaters or is it it was a common courtesy move that they didn't really need to be like, okay, you can release it streaming. I'm not sure. I, I don't like, know. I feel like they wouldn't need approval. Like it's not their it's not their ownership. They don't it, Wonder Woman doesn't belong to AMC or whatever theater, right? So they might have some kind of a maybe they signed the a deal. pact or something. But I feel like unless I don't understand the the I think insider dealings, I just feel like there's a there's terms and conditions or whatever. So I think what the situation is that AMC was like, okay, we will still play your movie even though you're putting it on HBO okay. Max. So at they the same had like time. a but understanding normally, that we're only doing this with this movie because we kind of need to. Yes. So but don't throw a bitch fit. I think in general they have these, we've talked about how they have these rules. There's like a number of days that you have to have it in theaters before mm-hmm. you can do other shit with it or whatever. So, Again, is it a rule or is it just an understanding that they, like an unwritten thing that they have that they I do think that. it's written. That's just how it's, it just, that's how it's gone. I think it's written as like a guideline, not like a law, but it's like a, yeah, like guidelines like that they have. Jack Sparrow wrote it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. And then they said, however, Warner now hopes to do this for all their 2021 theatrical movies, despite the likelihood that with vaccines right around the corner, the theater business is expected to recover. So that's a little bit of a PR talk for them trying to assure people that it's safe, even though it may not necessarily be. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't know anything about whether vaccines will one work or two even be available to the general public. Right. Right. So even... Though Aaron or Aaron, uh, conclu- <laughs> I keep thinking a Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. I was thinking that when he first said yeah. it too. <laughs> Even though he concludes that they're encouraged that vaccines protecting society at large against coronavirus are very much at hand, blah blah blah. So basically, he's saying that vaccines are going to make it so that movies can go back to normal and everybody will be great and they can all go to the theater and it's awesome. Um. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's how it's going to play out. Because it's, it's it's one thing to say that we have the vaccine. And it's quite another to get everyone vaccinated. Or at least enough people vaccinated to the point where there's going to be some kind of actual baseline level of immunity in society. Mm-hmm. Which would even take time to even see the results of that. Exactly. It's definitely not going to be in December. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, And again, I'm not trying to bash the vaccine. Like, it, yeah. it's not gonna work i mean i hope it does obviously i mean you all want to yeah preliminary data indicates that it will (laughs) i just mean that like he's basically just saying what he needs to say to try to keep business and that's where i'm kind of like that's not yeah that's not the greatest thing to argue in my mind yeah uh but again theaters were already struggling for the last couple years before a pandemic this is not going to cure anything yeah having having the, the promise of a vaccine is not going to fix what you already had problems with the problem was the financial stability mm-hmm. of going to movies consistently throughout the year right yeah you have families who only go to one or two movies a year because they have a couple children yeah. and one visit to a theater is a hundred plus dollars yeah uh depending where they live yes okay mm-hmm. like, that's not cheap yeah. Um, I think what we need to see happen for theaters to thrive is making new deals with the studios on the accessibility of their films. Uh, yeah. Essentially, 
studios may need to take less of a cut in order to assure that their theaters will take the movies. Yeah. You know, I, right now I think studios take most of the money, which then is why you see concession stands so fucking expensive. Yeah. Because they're trying to make their money back because they can't afford based off what they're losing. Yeah. From just basically renting the movies from studios, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you hear things about Disney and how they have rules like, oh, you have to have our movies in IMAX for X amount of time, whether it's successful or not, it mm-hmm. has to stay there. And so you're losing money on other movies that can't be in IMAX because of that, you know? Right, yeah. It's a lot of politics involved. So yeah. they might, both ends might need to negotiate and be a little bit more understanding and compromise on how much profits, I guess, you are seeing on each end so that they can then get the viewer, the consumer, to come back into theaters. Yeah. It's supply and demand, is it yes, not? Like exactly. If people don't want to come see theater movies, then they're not going to. You yeah. need to have a reason why they want to. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, Regal Cinema's owner, Cineworld, had uh, comments to say about this situation, too, of course. The spokesperson said Cineworld was aware of WB's plan to release Wonder Woman directly to its streaming service, which has been announced at, at a time when our cinemas remain closed in the U.S. and the U.K. Um, so they already knew about that, obviously, but then they go on to talk about how it will generate significant relief for our industry and enable our cinemas to make a great comeback. And we believe at such a time, WB will look to reach an agreement about the proper window and terms that will be that will work for both sides. Big movies are made for the big screen, and we cannot wait to reopen our cinemas in Q1 in order to offer our customers, as always, the best place to watch a movie. So they're trying, I think they're kind of not saying it as uh, aggressively as AMC, but they're clearly stating, we still want the people to come see the movies, obviously. And so I think they're kind of hoping that by speaking up, that maybe if enough of these movie theater companies speak up, then maybe Warner Media will reconsider their decision later. As everything is constantly evolving in this pandemic situation, they could very well reevaluate in Q1 and decide to change something in the favor of the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck knows? It's it's really a crapshoot at this point. You know, I, I'm i just like spitballing off the top of my head. Like, it just, you talking about this kind of made me just think like, Maybe we'll see these theater chains shift into having their own apps, their own services, that they are the third party for these movies. Yeah. We have our unlimited whatever subscription that we have for in theater. Like, what if they made one for your home viewing? Yeah. To make up for the the fact that theaters are closed. Yeah. Um, Make some kind of contract with that setup. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what's happening with our subscription. I'm, like, worried that we're just going to be told, oh, yeah, we're not going to come back. And, yeah. and you spent a lot of money for nothing. Because <laughs> we paid it all up front. So, well, we'll see. But, you know, that's possible. We even saw that theater stocks dropped the day of this announcement. Uh, Cinemark fell by over 21%. AMC fell by over 17% by Thursday afternoon. And IMAX fell 7.3%, and National Cinemedia, a pre-show advertiser, dropped 6.8%. So even, like, the <laughs> a company that just does previ- pr- prior-to-movie ads, <laughs> I guess their stock dropped, too. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I guess everybody's really... I, that's the confidence 
that people have in this like, working. And we're probably only going to see one Coca-Cola short now instead of yeah. two. Yeah, definitely. So obviously there's pros and cons to this whole situation. Yeah. Um, the upfront obvious pro is uh, you're going to save a lot of money compared to going to theaters. Yeah. Especially if you have families. Mm-hmm. Like we said, you could you don't have to switch to Geico. Just, <laughs> just get HBO Max. Just get HBO Max and never have to go to a movie again. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be able to watch them all at home in the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. You know, your safety. You'll have unlimited bathroom breaks. You won't have to worry about ever missing something or predicting when it's a good scene to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You won't have to deal with shitty kids. Maybe. Unless you have shitty kids. Depending on you have shitty kids. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, like, that's a whole other aspect. Like, you know, the theater experience has died because, like, I mean, quite frankly, I can't tell you how many times we go to a movie or did used, used to, go to go to movies, movies yeah and there'd be at least one person in there who was there to disrupt everybody you yes. know either a child who's it's like they went there for talking or screaming or yeah. kicking a chair or or like, somebody who's just like on their phone on their phone <laughs> constantly or yeah. or just talking because they don't care that other yeah. people are watching a movie yeah uh there's a lot of variables that really affect the experience that they are trying to preserve um, and so sometimes you just kind of want that at your own house. And now that would, I mean, fuck it, you know, be on your phone all you want. It's your yeah. own fucking house. Yeah. You're not bothering me. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch movies at your house, you I'm know? like yelling at you from across the room, put your phone down. <laughs> down in front. I'm to the side of you. <laughs> yeah, so what? <laughs> but, okay, here is a good positive though. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we talked about accessibility for people who just don't have theaters open or, one nearby mm-hmm. what about the, the the more valuable is the accessibility for people who have like disabilities that they can't necessarily go to theaters constantly yeah or you know or it's much more of a show yeah it's it's harder for them so that would make it a lot easier for them to be able to watch these movies and enjoy them very true or just having a limited schedule even if you work like a hard schedule mm-hmm. and you don't have the time to go to movies yeah now you have a little bit more of a Ease to get to watch it when you need to, right? Yeah, like back when I was on night shift and we would try to see movies every now and then, it was always like weird trying to find a good time that I wasn't too tired that I would fall asleep or that I was willing yeah. to be awake. <laughs> you basically had like a couple hour gap. Like, okay, it would have to be around this time so you yeah. have enough time to get home and sleep. Yeah. And... <laughs> and then, of course, it's been a rough year for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, just being able to watch these kind of movies at home, it, it might just help people just have more optimism. Might just yes. enjoy it. I think a lot of us are looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984, right? Yes. So. I'm just so, we're so deprived of like a big movie. Yeah. We haven't had one all year. And of course, you know, it does have cons though. Uh, This is going to drastically impact the theater industry. Uh, It's going to cost people jobs, at least in the coming months. Right. Uh, Hopefully it would rebound, but we never know. And, you know, like we've said, you'll be missing the theater experience for those who do care about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with all that money you're saving on concessions, you can save up and buy your own fucking theater system. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fucking true. <laughs> that's pretty true. Probably wouldn't take that long either. <laughs> uh, I mean, we might want to look into that, too. I don't know. <laughs> and what about the whole idea of piracy, too? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. We I did. Mean, <laughs> Shout out to 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, 
But, I mean, that's already an issue, right? Yeah. Uh, and these are all going to be available digitally now. So, I mean, I'm sure people have ways of getting shit recorded, downloaded, mm-hmm. torn. I don't know. What what do they call Ripped. it? Ripped. Ripped. Torn. <laughs> <laughs> torn. Yeah. Torn, Grandpa. <laughs> Whatever. Back of my day, you went uphill both ways to see a movie. Um... Or to sneak into a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that is going to be an, an issue, right? It's yeah. already an issue. I think Game of Thrones on HBO had, like, one of the highest piracy, piracy rates, rates yeah. on mm-hmm. that show, right? Yeah. Movies like Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. we're probably going to see pretty high numbers on that if oh, that's yeah. the thing that you would find, right? For sure. So they're going to lose money in that aspect, too, which then would impact the industry overall even further mm-hmm. and overall this could just change the landscape of what type of films could even go into theater mm-hmm. like going forward right right yeah definitely. although i feel like it could be either way it could be either big budget films or the only ones you see in theater for that experience and that the smaller stuff is at home or maybe it's the opposite maybe the theater is where you get the more lower budget less risk of losing money to kind of tailor to that audience who really likes that experience yeah that's a good point i don't know it's all up in the air right now yeah i mean we're just gonna have to see what happens next year and how it how it transitions you'd hate to think that the theater industry is gonna die out but you know it sometimes you got to adapt and evolve with the times so if that's that that's not what's in demand then that's not what's in demand yes so if that's what it takes to get some creative thinking and revamp how things are working so that they work with like modern society then Maybe it's time. Yeah. Shit or get off the pot, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, now that we have everybody all bummed out about the future of theaters, (laughs) let's get into our reviews for the week. Yeah. So here's how our rating system works. If we hate something, we'll burn it. If it was disappointing but not the worst, we're going to sample it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to test it. And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're DTF. We got it back. That was like night and day compared to last (laughs) week. Last week week was insane. I couldn't even. (laughs) Did we redo it last week or did we post it that way? Oh, I think we posted that way. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah, no, we didn't redo it. Okay. Whatever's there is there. Yeah, that's how it works. Unless it's not there. Yeah. Because I chose to delete it. Right, right. <laughs> Which I cannot confirm or deny ever happens. As far as the audience is aware, our shit is pure, raw, and yeah, torn. There's no editing whatsoever. <laughs> All right. So, first up, I watched Selena the series. Um, I didn't watch the whole series. I watched the first three episodes. Um, there's nine total. This one dropped. On... There's nine episodes, not yes. ten. Yeah, Ugh, that's so annoying. Sorry. Uh... Well, it's Netflix. <laughs> they always have ten. You know. Yeah, I don't. Gotta make this awkward for people, like even number yeah. shit. <laughs> so this dropped on December fourth, and it's supposed to be the tragic life story of Selena Quintanilla, and who some call the Queen of Tejano music, and she was like an iconic uh, Mexican American pop star in the nineties. It stars Christian Serratos as Selena, and you may know her as Rosita from The Walking Dead, which I was a little surprised by. I feel like she's got it in the face, but she's a little skinny, 
So I can tell in some of the parts that they augmented her derriere. <laughs> so. Does Selena have curves or something? Yeah, I mean, J-Lo played her in the first time they made a movie. Wasn't that... Are you sure? Yes, 100% sure. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> I don't know. Selma Hayek, I thought, played her. No, but she also has a big butt, so... And Regardless. She cannot lie. Yeah. <laughs> Selma Hayek did not play Selena. I'm going to look this Selma up. Selma Hayek played Frida Kahlo. I don't know who that is. She's the one with the unibrow, the artist. That's not at all the same thing. I showed you, but it's a celebrity. It's fine. What the fuck? <laughs> I spent my whole life thinking it was Selma Hayek. You really did? I mean, I never saw the movie. Oh, okay. But for, my, for whatever reason, I thought she was in the movie. Mm, okay. Sorry. Ugh. Well, now I'm definitely not watching it. Didn't she have implants? Didn't she have butt implants? I don't know. Is that not confirmed? I have no idea. This is a DTF exclusive. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea. Um, uh, we have, under good authority, <laughs> from somebody close to the internet, that Jennifer Lopez has butt implants. Close to the internet, huh? That's just to verify that we are not saying it's true. Anyways. <laughs> So yeah, I've watched the first three episodes of this show. I was pretty excited for it because I was a fan of Selena when I was a kid. And... Also, just one last thing. Uh-huh. Obviously, her performance was forgettable if I didn't even know she was in it. You didn't watch the movie. Well, so now you how... know why. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that this is going to get better. That's my suspicion. <laughs> okay. So here's the problem that I have. is It's called Selena the Series. But so far, it's Selena's family, the series. Like, it, it's it's not really focused on her. It's about her family and her dad and all these, this backstory. That, I mean, is that, is that a part of the story, though? I mean, was I that mean, a part of the clearly movie it, story it, as well, or? No, not that I remember. It was just about her. But again, I watched that in a long-ass time ago, so I don't 100% remember. Okay. So, obviously, this is, these things that are happening are part of the story story part of selena quintanilla's actual story but it's a little hard to like uh you start and you see her in her characteristic look she's got the bangs and the long hair and like that's what people expect and i'm like okay cool i can see this working out and then they immediately go back to her childhood and so then you're watching so her they, as a little girl. They so did a Queen's Gambit. They did a Queen's Gambit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so next, next you're going to see a bunch of people Googling and buying... Tejano music. Tejano music. <laughs> yeah. Instruments. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing, because this is how it was with the Queen's Gambit, right after, right at episode four, it went back to her as an adult. So I think I'm at that point. But so far... I haven't gotten... She's got this weird short 80s haircut, which I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. I don't know if she ever had. Maybe she did, but it's just like, what? Who are you? There's even, like, a meme going around that's, like, a picture of uh, Jennifer Lopez as Selena. And then a picture sure of... Are you mean Selma Hayek? Yes, I'm sure. And then on the right, right of it... And it's so on the Jennifer Lopez one, it says, the, the Selena you ordered on Amazon... Yeah. And then the uh, the new one is like the Selena you got from Wish or something like that. And it's, I don't know. She's, I think that she's going to be a really good Selena whenever they get to that point. But at this point, she's still like, I think she's a teenager that I'm at. Well, okay. It's probably a situation of, is the show intended to be multiple seasons? 
to tell the story, or is this just like a one-off thing? I couldn't tell you. I, it sounds yeah. like it's intended to be multiple seasons, and you're probably going to get the full scope of her in her traditional, iconic look probably in season two. Well, I hope that's or not the case. at least the ending of season one, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, you're probably right. We're not going to get the characteristic style until close to the end of season one. So I'm hoping that it gets to that point very soon. Um, I think it has potential. There's definitely a good story going on, mm-hmm. but it's like you're definitely getting tons of backstory. Her performance overall, does it seem better or worse than The Walking Dead? Better, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because she has a part. Yeah. She's, she's she doing stuff. She doesn't get mistaken for a zombie with her acting in this one? No, she doesn't. <laughs> and um, I didn't look into if she's doing her own singing, but I'm going to assume she's not. For no reason other than that's usually how it goes. Mm. Um, but if the little girl that plays child Selena is doing the singing, that's absolutely incredible. So I'm going to look into it. So I would recommend people watch it if they were fans of Selena. Obviously, I would probably recommend to stick it out past episode three if you're looking for adult Selena. Mm. Are you, so you're going to continue it? <laughs> I am going to continue it, yes. The only reason I stopped was because I needed to watch more stuff for the podcast. So I'll be going back to it as soon as I can. Okay. So um, what did so, you give it? So far, I would slice it. Slice it? Yes. Okay. And then next up, we watched a couple episodes of Alien Worlds, which is a miniseries, a four-part miniseries um, that came to Netflix on the 2nd. And basically, they are using CGI to show us what could happen if the rules of life on Earth were applied to other planets and other other physics, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, it's... The gimmick is take the principles that created life and what evolutionary traits the animals have mm-hmm. and how would those adapt in other planets with other circumstances. Yes. And sounds great. It sounds really fucking cool. However, <laughs> had to put a pause in there. Yeah. It. I feel like it didn't meet where it sounded like it was going to be Yeah. as far as the... I don't know if I was just extra tired or if it was really boring. It was pretty boring. Okay. <laughs> um, and obviously you expect it to be like semi-slow pace and... Yeah, but... but yes, but... <laughs> I don't think I would fall asleep watching like a National Geographic mm. nature show. This was like... They were using CGI and the CGI was cool, but they weren't using enough that they didn't have to reuse the same exact fucking sequence five or more times. Which, yeah, that was pretty annoying. They just really showed the same me. five second clip yeah. constantly. It's like, yeah. okay, we get it. You yeah. didn't have a huge budget, but like, yeah. you couldn't have tweaked it a little bit. Yeah, figure it out. Mirror image it at least, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> put a mustache on that Making thing. Making them going the other direction. We yeah. wouldn't have noticed. So, my biggest issue, I think, with this was. It felt like it was smoke and mirrors. It was like a gimmick of, okay, we wanted to do like a, a nature documentary kind mm-hmm. of show about a couple animals. Yeah. But we're going to draw people in with this weird foreign alien on another planet concept. Yeah. Which worked to an extent. Yeah. But at the same time, it felt like the the traits and the, the, the stuff that they showed that these theoretical alien animal species could have were just made up by children random like they didn't have any relevance to the yeah. animal they were corresponding it's, it's to it's like they made them via make like doing a mad lib 
Like, a ni- <laughs> yeah. Give me a number for how many legs yeah. it's supposed to have. Okay. Five. Uh, it- <laughs> It, what kind of animal is it? It's a crustacean. Like yeah. it, <laughs> like the traits were like um one one was like a bird. It was a hawks or something, and how they dive down, dive down to and, attack and their grab prey. Yeah. grab their prey, and then they they connected that to like these insect crab looking butt balloon animals. <laughs> Buttloon. Balloons. <laughs> Yeah, they were like bugs, but then they had these like bird claws. Yeah, and, and it, they had no relevance to a bird. It doesn't make other sense. Other than this like relatively similar trait that they made up they, that they had they because the they are not a real they are not a real animal. Yeah. And so I felt like it would have been really cool if they stuck with like, okay, this alien bird does this. Yeah. And it adapted to the same concept because of this. It just felt like there was no actual science to it. It was yeah. just like. Okay, show a couple cool animals that actually exist on Earth, and then make up some random fantasy ones. Yeah. Um, and don't give any real logical science behind why yeah. they would have these traits or anything like that. Yeah, it's like the Pentagon yeah. crab thing that they talked yeah. about in the one episode. Yeah. It was on a planet where half of the planet was like always in the sun, uh-huh. and the other half was always at night in yeah. the darkness. Yeah. And it was always that way because yeah. of the way it rotated. Yeah. Which was cool. But then they had the same animal in both aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't go into any concept of the one at the dark side of the planet mm-hmm. having any kind of nocturnal yeah. side. Or they didn't have anything that would be relevant to that environment they was actually in. Yeah. Which bothered me. Yeah. It was strange. It was like they, they took a bunch of cards and wrote down features. Mm-hmm. And then turned them upside down and like shuffle them around and like pick random ones. Yeah, it's like the like, South Park is... episode where they yeah. have uh, how they make Family Guy episodes. Yes, it was just like that. Just a walrus or something. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, I don't know. Not a walrus. It was like a whale, right? It was... <laughs> I feel like there was Whatever. a walrus involved. There was a W. It doesn't matter. It yeah. was a W. Um, I feel like it could have been a lot. I was, I was hoping, I was thinking it was going to be a lot better. Yeah. So I was pretty disappointed. Um, I, I guess might try another episode. Well, we watched two and a half out of four. Yeah. I will probably finish it just because it's not that much more left. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe the last episode will really surprise me. Yeah. But yeah, I was really disappointed. I feel like it was just kind of a filler nature type thing that they threw a different. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather I'd rather watch a like an Earth nature documentary. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be and there's more plenty excited. of those on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Um, unless you really, really want to know about some kind of sci-fi creativity, yeah, ideas that Netflix thought of. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna say this one's a sample it for me. Yeah, I would I'd have to agree. It's a sample yeah. it. It's it was very disappointing. Yeah, I used to watch a bunch of. Um, I think it was maybe was it history. I don't know what channel it was on. There was one that was about dinosaurs. It put, it was like a retelling of like putting different dinosaurs against each other. Oh. And it was like really fascinating because like based that. off the science of like what they've learned yes. from these dinosaurs, they put them in these how theoretical would, battles. Who would win in a battle? How they would win. Fuck or who yeah, would win. I remember that show. It was such a fun show. That show it only had like good. one season though. I remember that show though. It was hella good. I wish I remember so, what it was So Netflix, get on it. Yeah. Um, just don't try to add any yeah. fake yeah. Stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Something that was not disappointing to me is what else we watched. Um, it was disappointing to me well, in a different aspect. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, so we watched Baby God. <laughs> this is a documentary that dropped on HBO Max on the 2nd. Um, and this is about a fertility doctor. Who... Are you sure it's not Baby Boss is going to a new level? <laughs> yeah. A really fucked up level. Um, so this fertility doctor uh, spent 30 years using his own semen to get women pregnant many times under false pretenses, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. At, at first I was like, okay, so they all came to get pregnant because they were having issues yeah. with yeah. you know, their and spouse. And so he would give them donor sperm, which they were there for, and then it would end up being his. Turns out it wasn't necessarily always that scenario. Yeah. And in most, if not all of the cases that were for the women that were there intentionally to get pregnant, they were expecting their husband's semen to be used. They weren't there for a donor. And logically you would expect that, right? Yeah. No, for sure. So I wanted to make it clear. It wasn't that people were just expecting a random donor. It was... Here's my husband's mm-hmm. semen. Put that inside me. Call it good. You know. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Obviously, it, yeah. it was. The thing that was weird about this was it started out and it felt like everyone that they had interviewed in the first half felt like they were all talking how great this guy was mm-hmm. and how it was either a misunderstanding or misinformation or the people who are saying that these negative things are like they are lying and yeah. like. I was just, like, getting really annoyed with this documentary because I was like, there's no way they made a documentary and they're defending this piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it, it, as you keep going, it eventually yeah. gets into, like, okay, this guy is a okay, fucking monster. And here's why yeah. he's a monster. Yes. Um, and so I guess that was their way of trying to be creative and, yes. and making, like, a twist or a spin to the story. Yes. But, like, I almost didn't want to finish it because it was like, this is stupid. Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy listening mm-hmm. to how great this guy is. I was is. waiting for the dirt. Yeah. They needed to give you a little bit of dirt sooner to, to just wet your palate, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was clearly wetting a lot of palates. Okay, that's not... <laughs> he was definitely getting into their dirt. Yeah. Uh, It's fucking scary that this is a thing. Yeah. It also highlights the fact that there really aren't any laws against doing what he did in almost uh, all states. We looked it up, and there yeah. were like three states that There's actually have rules states. against it. Yeah, and and the three that have rules against it aren't, like, only one of them classifies it as a sexual assault, and... Which is crazy. Which is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then one of them is worded so carefully such that technically what he did could happen in some cases, but in most cases it shouldn't have. So here's where I'm confused, though. Okay, so they had scenarios where people actually figured it out. Yeah. And then they kind they tried to take him to court. And then somehow he never lost his license. He ended up settling out of court by yep. paying them off, it seemed like. Yeah. So I assume at the when did these take place again? When was this, like, the... It was, like, the 70s One of to, them was the 70s. To, to early the, 2000s, right? Yes. Okay. One was 2006, which is right before he... Yeah. So, he must have been offering enough money that it was worth the fact that they essentially were artificially raped? Is that a term you could it use? It seems like it would be a term, but um, 
I hope that somebody's paying attention to this documentary and probably there's other evidence of this as well. But like, I know that artificial or like assisted reproductive therapies are a relatively new thing, but as evidenced by the fact that this motherfucker was doing this shit for 30 years Mm. and, and the scary thing is there's not like a whole lot of him. Like there's no footage of him. There's, There's some audio. Yeah. The little that you get, it feels like he sincerely thinks he's just doing a good deed mm-hmm. to these people, that, that he's helping them. Yes. But the scary thing is, is if they are expecting their own sperm to be used, mm-hmm. then how does he justify doing a good deed for them? Like, it's like he's so in love with his own... I don't know. It just... It feels like he's he... He's a narcissist. He's Yeah. It, it, his ego is so big, he thinks he's doing them a favor. And a psychopath or a sociopath yeah, and, or one I mean, of those. Yeah. They get more into it. I don't know if you how far you want to say, but like he does other things that are yeah, obviously crimes. Yeah, there's a uh, lot more sexual assaults that mm-hmm. are kind of big fucking deals and they also just kinda of get brushed under the rug somehow. Yeah. The whole thing is nuts. So I definitely recommend this for anyone who has any interest in documentaries or crazy shit happening. <laughs> Yeah, I think my biggest problem with it is it. it there's really no justice. No, it's there just isn't. telling a story because yeah. he's long past by the time this was ever released. Right. So there's going to be no justice. Right. Um, again, I don't understand how he. I don't understand how he didn't lose his license. Yeah. So I have to wonder if getting taken into court over malpractice is not enough to flag your license by the medical board. I is ass- it just like? I assume they, since they settled, then it didn't count. That would be my guess. So you'd have to be, like, convicted or whatever. Like, So it's an invalid action because they yeah. said through a transaction that yeah. it wasn't malpractice. Yeah, because in, in response or in exchange for money and whatever else, mm-hmm. they agreed to drop the case, drop the charges, yeah. essentially. But what's really weird, too, is he's apparently not the only one. Apparently there's, like, a whole generation mm-hmm. of doctors that have supposedly been doing this yeah there was a guy in there that was talking about how basically yeah this is just something that people did i mean he worded it like you would just donate your sperm as being in schooling to be a doctor right, yeah they did talk to them. but this guy was clearly like i'm your savior yeah use my sperm yeah without knowing you're using it yeah um, and the whole premise is uh, essentially they bounce around a bunch of people who found out through DNA testing, you know, yeah, 23andMe, yes. uh, Ancestry, you know, all of these different things that are now becoming more common to, mm-hmm. to check your family tree. Yeah. They were starting to find out because of this. This guy clearly didn't expect this to ever be a thing. Yeah. That would trail back to him. Yeah. So it's just crazy because just think what. This is going to, like, what kind of impact this is going to have on the local area that he lived and worked and practiced, right? So you have a good chunk of people over 30 years who could be his kids. Yep. And they will not know that they are one of many fucking people who could potentially marry. Yeah. I know the odds are probably still slim, but there's a chance that they could marry their half-sibling. Yes. And then have kids. Mm-hmm. There's a whole mess a, of potential incest. It's a lot of grossness. In this scenario. Yeah. This is fucking insane. 
Yes. Um, so I would highly recommend this. I'm going to dissect it. I don't know if I'd dissect it. I think I would have been happier to see there was some kind of resolution mm-hmm. to, I guess, not I guess resolution, justice. Yeah. And the fact that there's no justice, it's really just like, hey, this guy was a piece of shit, uh, but he got away with it. Yeah. And hell, he even has some people that still defend him. Yeah. Like he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, because of that, it bothers me. And I, I assume that the documentary was intended to like make him in a bad light, but still knowing he wasn't truly punished for anything, it makes it hard for me to give it a dissect it. I I feel like it's, I'm going to have to slice it. Yeah. I'm hoping that this documentary brings it, brings more stuff like this to light and maybe instigates some change in the law making area. Oh, you know, there's a... (laughs) group of people who are shitting themselves yeah. that they are going to be exposed yeah. for doing this. Yeah. Assuming they did it in the same context as this guy. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, there, there was age groups of from like our age to like much older yeah. who were technically There siblings. are people that were like uh, your parents' age and my age that were siblings. Yeah. Mm. It was nuts. I can't even imagine. All right. Something a little lighter. We watched a <laughs> just a completely one hundred percent switch switch we, gears. We want to keep people on their feet. <laughs> we watched Happiest Season. This dropped to Hulu on November twenty fifth. Uh, the general idea of this one is a woman wants to propose to her girlfriend at a family holiday event, but then finds out that her girlfriend never came out to her conservative family. So ridiculousness ensues. It's got an all-star cast. Um, Kristen Stewart's the main, one of the main characters. Mackenzie Davis, um, Daniel Levy, Allison Brie, Mary Holland, Aubrey Plaza, Victor Garber, and Mary Steenberg Bergen Steenbergen, just to name the bigger names. I would like to buy <laughs> a Steenbergen. Yeah. <laughs> you know she's Ted Danson's wife. Oh, that's her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm yes. mm-hmm. as his former wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, this is like a romantic romantic comedy holiday movie thing, I guess. It's like a close to like Hallmark. Yeah, it's a little Hallmarky. Uh, a little. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's two different movies. Yeah. The first half feels like it's a really funny ridiculous comedy Mm -hmm. and the second half feels like it's kind of more like a cheesy hallmark thing yeah um but not as bad yeah it's it's still good ish yeah good ish (laughs) there are there is definitely some humor to it i have to say my favorite part of the whole movie was jane the sister played by mary holland she's like the weird sister Mm -hmm. i think she was great yeah She, she she felt like she was like out of place in the family she yeah. wasn't like yeah. really accepted like by among yeah. the family as yeah she was great yeah i loved how every she... time she'd walk in like oh good the internet's out can you fix it <laughs> like like she's just like staff i don't know yeah <laughs> well there was a moment too where you were like i don't understand. is she yeah i literally sister? wasn't sure Does she, she worked for sister? them who is she yeah i was like yeah she's a sister okay. she just doesn't get treated like one. okay yeah so i know i and then she just had i think she was probably the most real person 
at least yeah in the family anyway mm-hmm. um so i liked her i think her commentary and the shit that went down with her was funny i like to give a shout to kristen stewart because i feel like it's another role that i you, i guess you could argue that like well she's playing the same kind of role that she's just good at but mm-hmm. i feel like she did a good job with mm-hmm. this role yeah i think she's proving that she can act and i know this isn't like a really like oscar worthy film mm-hmm. but like it I think she did a good job in this. Yeah. And I liked her character a lot. Mackenzie Davis was fucking crazy to watch in this film. Oh, yeah. Because she's so girly looking. Yeah. She's got long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very dolled up in most of the film. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, it's weird to see because, like, I'm used to her from Terminator. Completely different. <laughs> she's completely different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did like the chemistry that they had. Mm-hmm. I feel like it worked really well, especially in the beginning. There were moments where they're like relationship. I was like, okay, this is very uh, like high school drama ish. Yeah. But I guess in the context of what they were trying to do, it worked. Uh, but I think the one that was used the least, which was surprising to me, was Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Her character was probably the most normal of all of the characters. Yeah. In a movie full of all these kooky characters. Mm hmm. And it was weird to see because she's usually that character. And in this, she's like the more grounded character. Yes. Of the bunch. Yeah, that's true. But overall, it was a great cast. Everybody did a great job. Yeah. Uh, They have Daniel Levy in here, you Mm -hmm. know, from Schitt's Creek. And he's like more of a supporting character. He's not in it a whole lot. But when he's in it, like he, his lines are gold. He's basically the same. He's character. the same character, yeah. <laughs> but he's the character who isn't rich. Yes. Who didn't grow exactly. up rich? Who didn't grow up rich? Who is down to earth and normal? Yes. Yeah. But that personality. Yeah. Exactly. Which I'm not against. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I laughed a lot. I, again, it got a little hallmarky at the end, but yeah. I, it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I think I agree. that I think it was worth watching, especially if you want to get something for the holiday time. It it gets the job done. Yeah. I uh didn't like the Hallmarky shit, but I knew I knew what I was getting into and I was like, you know what? This cast is so good I have to do it, you know? Mm. So, um I ended up liking it. Yeah. Didn't love it. Honestly, I think I enjoyed it enough that I would dissect it. Really? I, I really did enjoy it. Okay. I again I the only complaints I have were only things that I just am not used to watching, but they weren't necessarily bad. Like, in the context of what they were, mm-hmm. I think they worked well. Right, that's true. But I think the cast was great. Hell, I was like, oh, I don't want to get some hot cocoa while we watch this. Yeah. Like, I was, like, in full holiday yeah. mood yeah. watching this we film. We were. Very, very, uh, very true. Yeah. Put up the tree. Yep. Promptly ruined or by should the cat. I, yeah, or should I say the Luna's... Second cat tree. Yeah. <laughs> she literally made it a cat tree. What a bitch. <laughs> all right. So that's all we watched this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you're enjoying the show, check out our Facebook group, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at DTF Pod. While you're at it, don't forget to subscribe, rate our podcast, or even leave us a review on your podcast service if you don't mind. Leave a review. <laughs> I cannot stress it enough. Yeah. I would like a review. Yeah. Even if it's the say, this guy asked for too many reviews. Five star. (laughs) I would be okay with it. (laughs) 
We really, really, really would appreciate a review um, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> Especially if you wanted to leave it on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever because that's where there's charts and maybe we'd get noticed and more people would listen. If you want to send us direct feedback, that's okay too. You could also, um, you could do that by sending us an email at, to dtfpod at gmail.com. You can also send us content requests or anything that your heart desires. (laughs) We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on DTFCast.com. All right, let's get into our gaming news. Uh, New releases, Switch, Doom Eternal, December 8th. That's in a few days. That's the one, remember, is digital release only. They canceled the physical release, I'm assuming because of the size of the game. So anybody interested, it's on the Switch now or soon. Also... Going to be heading to Game Pass, Doom Eternal, for the PC on December 3rd. So that's already happened. Um, We did talk about this uh, being a rumor or a tease. Control is actually going to be on Game Pass now. That's as of December 3rd as well. Yeah. It's the standard edition, though. So you won't have any of the DLC or the upgrade to next gen, which I guess is technically current gen now. But anybody like us who was waiting for Control to drop in price before they got it. Yeah. Nothing better than free. <laughs> while, you, while you have Game Pass, of course. Yeah. Uh, Haven, which is that co-op open world RPG game. That's coming to Game Pass. Console and PC. Dragon Quest Nine S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Console and PC, December 4th. I did actually uh, start that game. Oh, yeah? Just want to throw that out there. I see. Uh, Super Hot Mind Control Delete, which is the sequel, like a smaller scale sequel to Super Hot. Mm-hmm. Also on Game Pass. There's many others, but those are like the highlight ones. Uh, so, again, Game Pass is a fucking deal. You should definitely check it out if you mm-hmm. have a, access to it. Yeah. Uh, multi-platforms. Immortals Phoenix Rising has a December 3rd release. So, I guess we may have missed that on last week. Yeah. Um... That was my bad. Eh, it's, I mean, whatever. <laughs> There's probably like one person who was like, I was gonna buy that, but I didn't because you didn't say it was gonna be yeah, out. Yeah, I just totally spaced and didn't put actual releases of games. I just put the subscription service games last week, so. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I was like, wait a minute, that's out already? So yeah. I guess I am that person. <laughs> We're probably going to wait to see if it goes on sale on yeah, Christmas time. Yeah, I definitely want to play that we game. We have a couple but, of weeks. I'm yeah. wondering if it'll drop to like 40. Hopefully. Hopefully. Not because I don't think it's worth 60. It's just I'm kind of poor right now. Yeah, we have a we have a massive backlog, so it's kind of hard to justify. Exactly. <laughs> poor and uh, shouldn't. Al- already owned game rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah, I'm game rich. Yeah. Game rich, yeah. money poor. I'm worth... <laughs> millions of dollars in, in game play yeah <laughs> uh cyberpunk 2077 is the biggest fucking title obviously yep delayed till december 10th and it's as far as we know coming out in a few days yeah let's uh hope so huh yeah cross your fingers <laughs> <laughs> december 9th eleven fifty nine p.m and it's delayed it's gonna be delayed <laughs> for another year (laughs) 66 or 56 years yeah (laughs) hope not (laughs) did i do the math right 57 i think whatever (laughs) 
Okay, yeah. 56 uh, years and like 16 days. I was thinking days. 2021, so. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Rest assured, I know math. Yeah. It may not be <laughs> they right. They changed it, you know. It may not be right, but I know math. Yeah. Getting into our DTF quickies. WWE star Xavier Woods, also known as Austin Creed, uh, has joined the revamped G4 station, channel. Oh, yes. Network, whatever they call it these days. Yeah, I heard about this. So he's going to be a host for G4 when they relaunch. Nice. Might be exciting for anybody who's a wrestling fan. Yes, definitely. The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda have made their way to Fortnite. This is like literally the day after. Actually, I think it was the day of the conclusion with the Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. So, Baby Yoda. Who decided that the dumbest game gets all the coolest extra shit? I know, right? I I see these things. I'm like, why don't you just make cool games with these characters? Yeah. Or put them in games that I like. Yeah. (laughs) I'm being AMC right now. Yeah. And I don't care. (laughs) But I want it. But I want that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I guess cool for that, I guess, for people that will play it. Sucks for me. I'm sure I could go play it, but no. No. I don't think I will. <laughs> um, but they aren't the only ones, actually. Uh, Kratos from the PlayStation franchise, what? God of War, what the hell? is actually going to be in Fortnite as well. I think he's already there. When I first saw this news, I was like, what they need to do is make this on all platforms and not be a PlayStation exclusive. Okay. Because they would make so much more in the long run if they have him being marketed on Xbox and Switch and PC. Yeah. To go play that game on PlayStation. Yeah. Because you're going to be like, oh, I have to go to PlayStation now. Right? Turns out Sony listened to me when I was thinking about this. That's good. And Kratos is not a console exclusive. So you can be on Xbox and play as him. Interesting. You can be on Switch. You could be on PC. You could be on your phone. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Pretty fucking cool. Uh, and there's apparently been leaks of a picture suggesting that Master Chief, the Xbox character from Halo, mm-hmm. could arrive in the season five of this game. Interesting. I feel like we're going to have to go like watch videos of people playing as these. I kind of was thinking about doing that for the Marvel one. Yeah. Because YouTube's got to have. 100%, yeah. A recording of the yeah. entire event, right? Yeah. We could just watch what it is. So we yeah. feel like, okay, so cool. we can experience I got it that. without having to have played. Yeah. <laughs> they need to make some kind of a service where you could watch other people play games that you don't want to play. <laughs> they could call wonder- it. They could call it. Tweet. <laughs> or or spazzed. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have to jolted. Yeah. We'll have to uh try to <laughs> try to create one. Yeah. We'll work on the title. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll come up with something good. Yeah, definitely. Uh Scott Pilgrim vs the World, the remaster is coming out January 14th. That's official on all platforms as okay. according to Ubisoft. Cool. Madden NFL 21 is getting its next gen update. It's like available for people who have the Xbox One and PS4 version of the game. It apparently came out for those people one day before it came out as the next gen release. Hmm. Because okay. I guess you could buy the game just as a next-gen game, or you could buy the other one and get the upgrade. Oh, okay. And so people who had the PS4 and Xbox One version 
got it before people who just bought that version of the game. Oh, I see. I assume it was an accident or Probably. something to do with digital. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, anyone who's into that game, if you got that version and you're playing on the upgrade, congrats. Yeah. You have it already. Congrats. State of Decay on Xbox is getting an optimization update and it's going to be available for the Series X and S, giving you 4K and 60 frames per second. Uh, and it's also going to be getting the Stay Frosty pack, which I think is just a bunch of weapons and skins or okay. themed stuff for the winter time. Mm, gotcha. Good to know. The Game Awards coming out, just a reminder, on December 10th. Also has a announcement that there's going to be a special audio descriptive mode during the live stream on YouTube Gaming. So this will be the first for the event to ever have. Uh, Jeff Keeley took to Twitter to announce the feature, saying accessibility matters. So what is this? Somebody describing how I, the sound is? I'm assuming it has to do with people that are deaf right so it's so probably like gonna be ominous like music or whatever i closed yeah. captioning but maybe a okay. little bit more descriptive okay. i don't i well i'll be interested to unless see unless that's just fancy marketing term for closed captioning i don't yeah. really know okay. i guess we'll find out when you know we could turn it on i assume it's a function that you can pick to have or not yeah interesting so maybe we'll check it out in the beginning to see what it's all about yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to that event on december 10th for yeah, anybody. Definitely. I don't know the exact time, but usually it's around 5, I think, Pacific time. So just, just check. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be some kind of a site you could go to to look things up like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it called Lugal? <laughs> I was thinking we could make one. Call yeah. it Goggle. Goggle? Okay. <laughs> or Toogle? Uh, PAX is optimistic about there being events in 2021. This is via the PAX Twitter. Uh, the team revealed that events will begin in the, la- the latter half of the year. The dates are as followed. PAX East, June 3rd through 6th, 2021. PAX West, September 3rd to 6th, 2021. PAX Australia, more information to come. So they don't have that one yet. Hmm, okay. Bit of a cock tease. PAX Unplugged, December 10th to the 12th, 2021. Uh, and they are noting that PAX South is not being planned for the next year, but is expected to return in 2022. Information on PAX Australia will be revealed in the coming weeks. Where is PAX South usually then? If it's not Australia. <laughs> Brazil? Oh, okay. I don't know. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I made that up. Okay. <laughs> It sounded right. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that would be a thing, okay. right? Yeah, it does. You're looking it up on Google. <laughs> you just try Goggle. Try Goggle. Okay. Science 2020 on Goggle. Um, San Antonio, Texas. Okay, close enough. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> also hot. Is Brazil hot? It would have to be, right? I it's don't pretty know. far down there. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it's past the equator, so it might go back to normal. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So the equator is just like between your thighs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The equator is your crotch. Yeah. <laughs> it's the the crotch of the world. <laughs> and it gets less hot the further away you go from, go from the equator. 
Also known as Colder. For some reason, I couldn't say that the first time. <laughs> also known as Colder. Yeah. Okay. And lastly in our news, Nintendo has made the spotlight, but not necessarily in a good way. Uh, they apparently have been sending out cease and desist orders to people for their tournaments and events. Uh, last month, I believe it was, Super Smash Bros. Melee Big House Tournament was ordered to cancel because Nintendo did not like that they used a mod in the tournament called Slippy. The unofficial mod made the game playable online, which is a game that is not online at all. Okay. Uh, so basically they use this mod so that they can play the game online for the tournament, which I'm assuming is because they are probably not gathering in person. Right, That's yeah. my speculation at Right, least. that makes sense. I don't think the mod is illegal, it's just... According to Nintendo, they see the game as illegal because of the mod. They don't want the game's image to be tied to the event that they think Basically, is... Basically, they want money. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like the event is not a weird image other than having modified Yeah, if anything, it. they're just marketing a game for yeah. Nintendo, right? They're giving people yeah. amped up over a game. Yeah. Uh, another event, Splatoon 2 North American Open, happened this past weekend... Uh, it was a planned live stream, but canceled the day before due to, in quotes, unexpected executional challenges. Apparently, more than 30% of the entered players for this tournament showed social media support for the Free Melee hashtag, which is based on the Smash Brothers tournament that was canceled by Nintendo. Okay. They started a campaign for this Free Melee, which is the game. Yeah. So, the speculation is that Nintendo canceled the event because of the support that the players had for the Smash Brothers event that they did not want to happen. Okay. Which then spawned a hashtag free Splatoon campaign <laughs> to rise. Okay. This is just escalating. Yeah. Nintendo is <laughs> becoming the empire. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that way. <laughs> and these tournaments are becoming the, the rebel base. Yeah. The rebellion. Uh, and if that wasn't dramatic enough. Yeah. Or sad enough, wait till you hear this one. I can't wait. Nintendo also blocked the sale of a custom Etika Joy-Con shell, which raised more than $10,000 for charity. The shell, I think there's more than one. Yeah. It basically covers for your Joy-Cons. Okay, got so, it. So... The shells were created by content creator Captain Alex as a memory to content creator Etika, who tragically passed away months before. Uh-huh. All proceeds were reportedly being donated to the Mental Health Foundation JED, or J-E-D. I don't know how you would say and that. And Nintendo was like, yeah, no. Nintendo was like, no. <sighs> I assume because they decided it impacted them losing um, money somehow? I hope that Nintendo donates $10,000 to this charity if they're taking away their ability to do so. They well, could cover you, their asses by doing that. You could argue that they're not taking away their ability because they could do it in another way. But, yeah, I... I'm just saying It this looks is, like a real shitty move on Nintendo's part. It looks part. shitty as fuck, and so... the online community is very... Uh, upset very probably. confused on whether nintendo is something that you should support right now yeah so if nintendo wants to write their way out of this corner they need to don donate ten thousand dollars or more to that charity ten thousand and one cent yeah if you really want to cover <laughs> at your least bases. ten thousand and one cent 
to just make sure they're covered. But really, that's fucking pocket change to Nintendo, so they should donate more, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Just for good measure. To make up for their trashness. And Nintendo has never been shy about protecting their properties, right? You don't see a lot of stuff done without their permission. Yeah, they're very... YouTube content creators, they want a share of their profits Mm -hmm. because they think that because they're using their properties and stuff, which is true. I guess technically it's accurate, but like yeah. you don't see Sony, you don't see Microsoft doing these things. Yeah. Because they see the long game of you're promoting you're our advertising products. Advertising my stuff. So we're getting free advertising. Exactly. Nintendo's so fucking obsessed with themselves, they think they don't need free advertising, so they'd rather just try to get money out of people instead. Yeah. So Nintendo is quickly becoming the Empire. Mm-hmm. It does seem that way. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our game of the week that we played yeah it sure does vader immortal the playstation vr experience heck yeah this did come out on pc long before or not P- you know why well, i guess it's pc it's pc quest oculus. was it oculus yeah. yeah so it was an exclusive to that and eventually came to playstation mm-hmm. uh we saw this i think at like e3 or one of those events mm-hmm. we didn't get into the line quick enough before yeah. they cut it off so we didn't get to play it but yeah. um they said we could go fuck ourselves yeah they yeah. did say that they i think they even gave us a little business card a little business card that says go fuck yourself yeah <laughs> i was like hey are you guys still letting people in line they're like oh, uh no, no we aren't here you go sorry yeah. as i walked away oh wait a minute i have this for you what's this oh it's my business card i think you might need it go fuck yourself Um, so I was really eager to play this when it finally came to PSVR, which mm-hmm. was announced later on. And I yeah. was, yes, finally. Yes. Eventually it came out August 25th, 2020, this year. Yes. I think it was this year. It, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it's at least 14 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get to play as a descendant of a royal house of the once prosperous planet Mustafar, which is the same planet where Obi-Wan famously underestimates Anakin's power. And <laughs> Does um, he underestimate it, or is it the other way around? You mean Anakin underestimates Obi-Wan's power? Uh, he did have the high ground. Okay, whatever. Have you um, seen those memes? It was like... Uh... It's like one where like Anakin misses a Jedi schooling or something. Like The one day he misses was having the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay so you've been brought here against your will and then you have to escape with the help of your uh sassy robots (laughs) and some of the locals did you pull this from somewhere i did because i don't feel like she was that sassy Uh, she was sassy Eh, she wasn't she was pretty sassy. she wasn't rogue one sassy fair enough or solo sassy she was pretty sassy though in fact both those movies had more sass than this robot she kind of reminded me of the solo robot, too. Yeah. I don't remember her name. But anyways. Yes, but I know. Yeah. Yeah. What is her name in this one? Uh, the, uh, God damn it. Letter, letter, number, number, letter, <laughs> number. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. So this is a VR experience that they have for the PlayStation VR. Yes. Focused around Darth Vader Dealing with a sassy robot. <laughs> uh, Zoe. Zoe 3. Zo- Zoe 3. Z-O-E-3. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay. And she did have the same, like, head as the one in okay. Solo. So, so that was probably, like, an Easter egg kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's the same model, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. She had that hover butt, though. Yeah, hover butt. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's three chapters. Each one runs for about an hour, 45 to an hour, depending how quick you are with it. Chapter two is a bit shorter than the other two. Two and three, I felt like, were a bit shorter than the first one. Okay. I felt like two was extra short. And then three was kind of somewhere in the middle, but the one the the first one felt the I longest. I felt like three was the shortest. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. But I did have issues with chapter two, so maybe it felt longer. Oh, okay, uh, that's that's the one chapter I didn't have any issues with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had a lot of problems with one. Okay. And a couple with three. So yeah, let's get into that. Then. Yes. Okay, so this is three chapters. It's about a three-hour experience for what thirty dollars regular price, I think, maybe twenty-five. Yeah, $30 for the bundle, regular price. It'll probably be on sale, I'm sure, at some point soon. It's been out for a little while. Yeah. So let's get into that. How did you feel about this experience overall? You're essentially paying for a three-hour experience centered around Vader. I mean, you brought up the... Not here, but before this, you brought up the experience that we did at The Void, right? Yes. And so... Which is a different game. Different game. But similar concept, you're basically using an Oculus Quest, I think, some kind of portable VR. Yeah, some kind of commercial portable VR, VR situation, thing that they have. right? You and got the Ghostbusters and, backpack and Right, exactly. So using just because you mentioned that earlier, I'm gonna use that as a cost comparison. That's what a ten to fifteen minute experience. I think it was about that, right? Yeah. Maybe twenty. I'd say it was fifteen. It's a short, yeah. And it was I wanna say at least $30 per person. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah, might have been more. Those kind of experiences are a little bit higher. Yes. Because you're moving around and whatever. Fine. Well, I just mean because the they have to make their money. Right? Yes, the equipment of course, can't yeah. be cheap. Right. You don't... It, but so, how so many using that have. as a barometer, I'd say that this was a much better deal because <laughs> you're getting three hours for the same price. Okay. Um, versus... I mean, I'm not going to do that math, but, you know, 15 minutes versus three hours is a pretty big fucking difference. And there's a lot more story involved. So I think it was, uh, because. Okay. You actually, you, you kind of feel like you have some decision making involved because you have to figure out there's some very minor, very, very minor, minimal puzzles involved in this situation. Yeah. Well, I feel like each chapter felt like it was a different experience yes it was like chapter one was like here's the basics Mm -hmm. chapter two was like okay we're gonna improve that a little bit more and the chapter three was like okay now yeah you should know the two basic yeah from the other two chapters now put that together and use it in the game yes exactly um so i had a really good time with this i feel like my only complaints were technical issues yeah, there was definitely some problems with that. I don't know if that's the game or if that's the VR itself mm-hmm. having issues because of the height difference we have. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's other games I play on PlayStation that are just like, ugh, this is really mm-hmm. inconvenient in how right. you have to always constantly tweak the camera or something. It just it just seems like it doesn't always work. Right. Depending on the game. Yeah. So we may have to do some more research on that. If we need to have two different... I mean, we both were able to complete the game, right? Um, there they... was... Once I had to stop and restart from the checkpoint... 
let's get into that. They do they so they have a few areas of this game which have glitches, I guess you would say. Yeah. Not game breaking. You can you can continue the game. You may have to restart. Yeah. Luckily it's an auto checkpoint thing, so you don't yeah. like lose any progress. Um, especially where they are. They're kinda of at the beginning of the next Mm-hmm. section yes. so i'm wondering if it's an auto save glitch where it doesn't right. save or freezes something in the game mm-hmm. but yes yeah, so there's a part where i pick up an item and the item is supposed to let me do something by pressing a button yeah i think i spent a good 10 minutes just fucking around pressing every mm-hmm. goddamn button on every controller i had yeah trying to get it to do anything and it was just standing there not doing anything yeah uh, and that was very discouraging and made me not want even want to finish the game and that was the first chapter yeah like i know I not got, even 15 minutes in i got stuck there briefly as well and i feel like i pressed every button and, mm. and i started wondering if it was combinations of buttons and then and... it ended up just being the, the triangle button and so mm-hmm. when when i was like how did you get past that like what did you do you're like oh you just press triangle and i'm like it didn't work it did not yeah. fucking work the next time I played it, it worked yeah. just fine. Yeah. Uh, it continued, though. There was another section where, you you know, you get to a new location. You're supposed to just be able to use the button to move forward, mm-hmm. aim and move, and it just does not allow you to move. Yeah. It does not. There's no. It does not yeah. acknowledge that there even is an ability to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you had to restart. And mm-hmm. so these things that are supposed to, this game is literally about immersion and i feel like these little things took me out of it quite a bit when it works it does work and it feels great Mm -hmm. um the movement's a little janky obviously because you're kind of more on this like aim Mm -hmm. hover float teleport system rather than just moving like you know again you reference the the void in-house experience thing where you are literally walking around that's one thing that I feel like could use some work with most of these VR games is like try to figure out a a good happy medium with the movement because yeah. having to like the same ha- thing happened with Iron Man VR is like really it took me out of it having to press buttons to turn. Mm-hmm. It was weird. And that's just kind of the side effect of having a device that you it's inherently an ex it's an expensive device you know it's it's a thing Mm -hmm. that it's a leisure thing it's not not everybody can afford it right Mm -hmm. it's not yeah cost effective enough yet right and so with that and the fact that you don't have a lot of people that have access to these things let alone a giant fucking empty room to use to walk around yeah right the technology is just not there yeah or the companies are not willing to put that kind of money into something like this until it's more mainstream. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We do see Oculus having some wireless ones with, mm-hmm. you know, sensors around the room. You can have a whole room or you can have it where you walk mm-hmm. around. There are a little bit more advanced ones. But PSVR is like a more cost-effective manner, right? Yeah. So you're getting kind of what you're paying for. Yeah. And from what I understand, they did have to change the movement in this game. I think you did get a little bit more free-flowing movement in the oculus version oh okay this one they did the teleporting stuff gotcha graphically it was pretty decent Mm -hmm. it's not on par with like next gen obviously but like it it looks pretty good my only complaints i think and i think it's more about saving data is the scenery like looking out from like the 
building and stuff on this planet, which is basically just a giant lava volcano world. Yeah. Right? Looks like it's kind of like, it has that Resident Evil effect from the PlayStation era. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like a picture in the background. Yeah. And you could tell it's just a picture. Yeah. But then they have like, oh, we have some steam coming up right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we'll have one TIE fighter flying by in the background. So you think that it's like a live shot, but it's really just a picture. And it's noticeable. Occasionally they'll have like little lava flows, but like overall it doesn't really look good. Yeah. And I'm sure that's because they didn't care enough because it wasn't important. It was just kind of like, all right, keep walking. Mm-hmm. One thing I will no- I will note too is I accidentally had a different setting than you as far as movement. You did? Did not know I did this. It must have been when I first turned it on and was trying to figure it out. You were able to climb up ladders and walls and stuff. Oh, you had that shit turned manually. on? Manually. And whenever I played it, and this was my first instinct and negative was, I wish I was able to actually climb that. Yeah. When I did it, I'd grab it and just teleport up. It would just jump to me being up there. Oh. And I was like, well, that's lame. You're in a VR game. Like, give me that immersion. So, and so in chose... my head, it didn't allow that. Oh, wow. And then you were playing. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, I, but you were on chapter two, so I was like, yeah. it must be a weird thing where chapter two has it. Yeah. And then I got into chapter two, and I was like, what the fuck? I, I did the same exact spot she did. Oh. And it still did it the way that I had it the first time. I see. So I had to go in the settings and fix it. Okay. Was it better after you fixed it? Of course, because yeah. you're actually manually doing yeah. that. Like, yeah. And those those moments were reminded me, again, of Resident Evil. Like. Mm-hmm. In the, the games where you, you know, the load screens would be climbing the ladder and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, every time I'm like, they need to make a Resident Evil game like this. Yeah. Give me the first game in VR. Yeah. Where you actually have those moments where you're climbing the ladder or opening the door. Give me that. Yeah, I can see you enjoying that for sure. And I think those were the things that worked really well in this was the VR aspect uh, just doing simple things. Like you brought up puzzles, right? Yeah. The, the first chapter basically had puzzles that were based off hacking things or tweaking technology Mm -hmm. um and it was very it was hidden puzzles right it was like oh do this thing but you were secretly doing puzzles right and it was just about using your brain to try and be like well how would i be able to get this to work yeah like do i tear this out do i turn that yeah do do i bop it do i flick it yeah you know like (laughs) you twist it yeah (laughs) and so it was kind of fun because you had to basically learn it you had to figure it out yourself it wasn't like okay do this they'd point you in the direction of this is the item you need to do something to but it was overall do it yourself yeah i'm assuming it wasn't too hard either because i got it fairly quickly (laughs) oh yeah it was very easy it was very easy so we're either really smart or it's pretty not at a level that yeah most people will struggle with (laughs) The variety of enemies was a little underwhelming. Yeah, I mean. But, again, it was a three-hour experience. It was a very small, short story. I wasn't expecting any more than what we got, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But they had a lot of nice moments where you're like, oh, I know what that is. I know what that ship is. Or I Mm -hmm. recognize this thing. And they had some fun moments like that for nostalgia or just Star Wars fans. Yeah. Surprisingly, for something called Vader Immortal, I feel like it was a little shy on actual context relating to Vader. Yeah. The story was 
related to him, but like he was a very minimal part of it within that story, it felt like. Yeah, I also feel like I didn't really get a resolution to his situation. Okay. I mean, there's an there's a resolution, but a, re- a reason behind what he was doing. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I could talk to you about that okay. later. I don't want to that's... give it away because that's spoilers. But I ha- I have theories, but I, f- I maybe I'm just not. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I could tell you what that's about. Okay. I just don't want to spoil it for yeah, people. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Overall, it was a satisfying experience, but I feel like it's a good example of a game that has a lot of potential mm-hmm. for VR. Yeah. But it, maybe because of technology was not able to do what it could be. Because mm-hmm. Star Wars is like the perfect fucking thing for VR, right? Yeah, it is. Jedi Force powers, whatever. Yeah. Perfect for VR. Yeah. Right? And lightsabers, like laser guns, like everything yeah. about Star Wars is yeah. fucking VR, right? And they do take advantage of these kind of things in the game. Yeah. And obviously this was a game that was based around a story that was not going to impact anything in the greater Star Wars universe, right? right? It was yeah. a very small scale side thing. Yeah. Just using a iconic character. Yes. Uh, I think where this game actually thrives the most is not so much in its story, but the dojo, the Jedi dojo, whatever okay. they call it. Yeah. Uh, which are, it's basically just what it sounds like. You stand still and you have a bunch of enemies attacking and you have to fight them off mm-hmm. round after round. And yeah. you unlocked, you unlocked different things, lightsabers, gloves. They have different colored gloves, apparently, I found out today. Oh, okay. So there was more to this than when you watched me play the dojo. Okay. So, so each chapter out, has then? different elements to it oh i see okay and ironically the first dojo in the chapter one was harder to me than the ones in two and three Mm. which presumably would be harder because they have tougher enemies right but because of the way you fight them feels so much easier and you feel like way more of a badass yeah so i've unlocked a lot of lightsabers different Mm -hmm. colors Mm -hmm. types yeah and I'm having a blast with it now. Okay. Well, I should definitely go check that they one out. They let you dual wield different types of weapons. You could have a, oh, wow. you could have a gun. You could have a, a lightsaber. You could have a grenade. I found that out. Mm-hmm. The way that they play with using these powers in mm-hmm. weapons mm-hmm. with each other, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Did you know you could force pull somebody in? To your saber? To your saber oh, and yeah. cut them in half? Yeah, I did. Did you know you could pull them in and throw them at somebody else yeah i guess i'm the noob then i oh. <laughs> i discovered once i got I, I exposed all these things it yeah. all clicked i was just fucking yeah. dominating yeah i discovered a lot of those things by accident during the mm-hmm. chapters or whatever and i was like oh fuck that's cool and i keep doing it again and uh, i don't know if this is like a thing about being like on like a, a streak or something but one of the rounds i was in mm-hmm. I was killing so many things that eventually I started getting the uh, electrical powers. Oh shit! Have you? Did you get that no. in the campaign? I didn't. I get never it. got that in the campaign. I didn't get that in the campaign. And I got that when I was in the dojo, and I'm just like zapping the fuck out of all oh, these shit. enemies. Okay. And I was like, I don't know how I got this, but I'm loving it, and I'm yeah. just like, ha 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 ha, you know? Yeah. I understood where the emperor came from with his, yeah. you know, like I get it now. Yeah. You get you get hooked on this. Yeah. It's electrocuting everybody. All right. <laughs> Zap. Zap. So I, I got to oh. learn how to do that. I hope it's just like, it, it's the only time it happened. I didn't ha- get it after that. Yeah, I definitely am going to be getting into the uh, dojo situation. Yeah. 
checking it out. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think that's where it's got its replay value mm-hmm. is yeah. the dojo. It's a lot of fun. And I I do feel like maybe $30 is maybe a little too much for this game. I would probably, for people who have Yar and are interested, I'd probably, unless you're like a hardcore fan, which then you probably already have it. But yeah. <laughs> if you don't, I would probably wait until it goes on sale to like 20 Maybe fifteen, if that's even a thing. Twenty nine ninety nine. I mean, it's not thirty, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Twenty dollars, I think, yeah. would be a more reasonable yeah. price. The story is really generic. I feel like um, they have some really cool moments where you fight like iconic enemies and stuff like that that are from the universe. But overall, like you said this was a better uh, experience as far as the cost than the VR one that we did in the Void. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that was the better one. Pretty oh, on- really? To be honest, I feel like this was kind of like the same game, but like a weaker story. Okay. With a, the exception of different stuff that happens, obviously, mm-hmm. with the story. But like like this one, you don't really have... Like you you're not really a character. They don't really say who you are. You're just like, oh, you're of some lineage. Yeah. You're of some importance. But like you don't have a name as far as I know. Yeah. And maybe that's intended to make you feel like you're the person. Yeah, but I think that's the case. I wanted to be told who I was. I wanted to yeah. have a backstory. Mm-hmm. To me, it was empty and, and missing something by not knowing what I looked like. Yeah. Because in my head, I didn't look like me. I wanted to know who I looked like as the character. Right. Like, I wanted to be like, am I an alien? Am I a person? Yeah, yeah I feel that. But it had a lot of potential. To, mm-hmm. to, and they kind of left it up, open the air to have a, a sequel if they yeah. wanted to do so with the way it ended. too, yeah. Which sounded like the way it ended, I was like, actually, that sounds pretty fucking good. Yeah. Give me some of that. Break me off a piece of that. Yeah. Star Wars. Game. A game. <laughs> Break me off a piece of that Star Wars game. What are you rating it? Did you give it a rating yet? I'm going to say slice it because I did enjoy it, but I had to knock off a few points for clunky controls and glitchiness. Yeah, I, I think that was the worst part of the experience was just not that you couldn't play it. It just was inconvenient at times. Yes. And it took away from the experience, which is supposed to be very yeah immersive. Immersive, yes. And yeah. at times it is fucking immersive. Yes. And I'm like, holy fuck, I feel yeah. like I'm really here. Yeah. There was times when I, we were playing that I was like, oh my God, I was like, I was panicking because of how many enemies <laughs> and you were like laughing at me. Because of how ridiculous I was being. But I was like, it felt like I was surrounded. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck I do. Yeah. So. You just tear off the headset and throw yeah. it. <laughs> and run away. Yeah. I got out of there. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I had I had a good experience. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm kind of between a test it and a slice it. I will say slice it because I did enjoy the experience enough despite the technical issues. Mm-hmm. And I think I will have a good time with the jedi dojo at Mm -hmm. least for a little while before i get bored of it yeah there is a lot of challenges so there's a lot of potential there if i do enjoy it but i'm worried i'm gonna get like fatigued from trying it being too hard yeah because like i said chapter one i'm struggling with round eight Mm. because i don't have abilities that i have in chapter two and three yeah i think that so having to rely on I, i guess presumably my weakest aspect of fighting in the game Mm -hmm. is making a struggle for me right 
But then other ones, I'm like, I think I'm close to like level 20 for the dojo. And I'm just fucking killing it. Yeah. Literally. I'm just destroying bitches. Destroying everyone, yeah. So. Okay. Well, sounds like we're going to have to make out a schedule and uh, decide who gets to play when. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just. I I know. I wasn't worried about it. (laughs) I got plenty of other shit I could play if I need to. Uh, I just but I don't know if I said you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say slice it is my official. I don't know if I said that yet. I know I was in between. So yeah. slice it is my official. Okay. But I would also say wait for a sale if you have the opportunity to get it. I would mm-hmm. I would probably hold off until it's cheaper. Okay. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Our group's called Dissecting This Fiction Podcast to interact with us all week long. You can also follow us on Twitter at DTFpod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. We'd really appreciate any reviews or even direct feedback to learn how we're doing. You can send us an email at DTFpod at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on our website, DTFcast.com. Thanks for listening to episode 70 of Dissecting This Fiction. Bye bye <laughs>